Hey, what is up? Welcome to the Kidney Street Wrestling Podcast. I am comedian Funky Sam Medina, and I'm alongside comedian Pratik Srivastava. What's going on, wrestling world? Good to see you, Sam. I know it's been a while, but uh, happy to see you. Hell yeah, man. Welcome back. It's been a bit. It's been a minute, you know. Uh, and I know Xavier will be on soon, so we can have we can have the trios. The trio's uh, title will be ours soon enough. Yep. Oh, speaking of Xavier, I think his name just popped onto the screen right now. Whoa. We'll give him a second to uh, to say hello. And from the band leveled, Xavier Vacuna. Hello, hello. What's going on? What's up, Mr. Good Timing? How you doing? Gentlemen. <laughs> Hot tag. Doing good. Tag. Hell yeah. Hell Perfect yeah. timing. How's everybody doing? Almost- good? Doing good, man. Doing good. Yeah, yeah. Hell yeah. It's been quite a quite an ordeal in wrestling recently, you guys. Um, I guess let's there's a, some news. Let's go ahead and get into that first, shall we? Yeah. Uh so I don't know. I so you know, I don't even like talking about this kind of stuff really, just because it's such like a, a sensitive topic and like, you know, it's we don't know everything and there's so much like, you know just whatever, right? Speculation online that people are reading little headlines and, and jumping to these conclusions and stuff. So we don't really know everything and it's just, it's hard. Um, but, uh, in 2022, when Vince McMahon, uh, got found out for the, uh, paying off women for NDAs, uh, with WWE money, uh, this NDA, I, so from what I understand, when he got caught, this NDA, NDA stopped being paid. And that's why this person was able to to take this thing to trial to well like to sue them or whatever's happening to file a lawsuit. Um, and a lot of a lot of details have come out, and they're very horrific. I'm not even gonna get into those text messages, um, just details in general, um, speculation on you know who is also involved, things like that. Um, Brock Lesnar was named by the internet, not not in the in the court documents officially. Um, but they said it was a former uh, WWE and UFC guy, and so he kind of, kind of fits that bill. But a few other people fit that bill too. But you know, everybody's kind of thinking it's Brock, which just makes makes sense. I, I guess. think uh, I think some of the internet speculation on Brock is because it was a superstar who was negotiating their their right. WWE deal at the time, and and I believe their WWE the return. Time, the Turn yeah. and that was if you remember in 2022, you had a Brock Lesnar coming back as as Farmer Brock. If you remember that character that we got, and how see. many times, right? How many times does Vince beg Brock to come back? Exactly, exactly. Uh, you know, it's that we don't have to get into the sordid details, but essentially, it's you know, an abuse of power. Uh, you know, finding someone who's going through you know, a fuck tough financial situation and you know, someone who's taking advantage of that, you know, and it's just it's it's to me, it almost, I'm not saying it's, uh, you know, on the level of a, uh, you know, some of the other dark side of the ring stories that we've dealt with, but it's definitely something that you can see the media, like, I could see the media news, like, running this, like, a, is wrestling bad for the world? Like, it's it's that rough of a story that I could see the news, news media elite trying to take a stab at, this is the problem with wrestling, they're all just bad in culture, and it's a toxic culture, and it's unfortunate because it does paint a dark cloud because it affects one of the biggest wrestling companies, you know, in the world, so it, it definitely... Yeah, essentially the NFL, or really a wrestling. Essentially, yeah. Um, I will say Cody Rhodes gave a very uh, 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 tapered and, and, you know, good response. He didn't just 
skate by the question. You know, I think he we're, we're seeing Cody Rhodes being the face of the company that he handled that question very well. If you go back and watch the press conference, you know, I, I can't think of someone. I thought Cody Rhodes handled it way better than Triple H, but that's, you know, neither here nor there, you know. Yeah, no, Triple H went into that thing very ill-prepared. Um, you know what's funny is one of the uh, Triple H, it felt like he was gaslighting the media because he was like, you guys are being negative. Let's focus on the positives. And uh, and then one of the people on Twitter put a picture of Triple H from the from the media scrum uh, next to a picture of a quote from the document of the lawsuit where Vince McMahon says to the person, uh, focus on the positives. And that was that was really ouch. That was an Oof. ouch moment for, for That's Triple H. Rough. Yeah. But um what do you think what do you think uh Xavier? Uh it's I'm going to go with, you know, Pratik's kind of uh dark cloud situation. It's the whole thing in general it's just dark. It's yeah. dark. Um mm-hmm. it, it's uh, very surreal, you know. Uh I'm I don't know. It's you know, it's kind of took me uh took my breath away a little bit. I'm still kind of processing everything. So, it's right? a really. It, it's a very just dark and unfortunate you know, situation that's kind of happening right now. So I'm, I'm kind yeah. of at a loss for words, man. It's like, Hey, welcome back. You guys, let's talk about the darkest timeline. <laughs> no, I, th- I think, um, I think, I think it's very important that we do discuss this and it, yeah. you know, I think it's important for the victim and victims and uh, just the overall culture and, you know, protecting, you know, women and everybody in a workplace. It's uh, I completely it's important to have these hard conversations. So I'm, I'm proud of you guys for, for bringing it up. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a big deal too in wrestling. I mean, um, oh, yeah. WWE like, like Patek said a big deal. So uh, Slim Jim immediately pulled their sponsorship from the Royal Rumble, which apparently is a big deal. Big deal. And from there, uh, Vince McMahon tendered his resignation with with TKO, uh, so he's gone. He's well, it's very interesting. interesting the timeline of that. Uh, you had you had on Saturday, literally on Saturday, Slim Jim saying we're going to uh, reevaluate our sponsorship, and immediately the the I believe it was Mike Johnson or or one of the big wrestling not not Dave Meltzer but like someone involved either in Sports Illustrated or something saying that uh, a memo was sent to everybody from Nick Khan saying that we have removed Vince from uh, the board. Yes. So, because if you recall, Vince gave a statement on Friday before the Royal Rumble saying, I'm going to fight these charges. Uh, oh, yeah. legal and then thing. When, he, when he resigned, yeah, he said, I still, I still stand by. Oh, yeah. it, still it's very funny by. if he resigned or if, if – it's very fishy to me. It's like, did he resign or did they – It was kind of a – it was probably a forced resign. A forced I mean, resignation. I, yeah, because the yeah. Khan memo essentially says he has been removed. He's no longer with the board, you know. Yeah. Yeah. And they um, can't but, uh, at the same that. at the same time though, it's like, you know, who around him was was helping him, right? Because there's this court document and it lists office person number one, office person number two, right? All these different people that are unnamed. Um I believe so Laurenitis like, is named though, right? You correct. I believe Lauren is, is is named. Yes, that's correct. Um, um, but it's crazy. Like, uh, so if this thing goes to trial, from what I understand, the names will be released because they'll be public knowledge. Public, yeah. Documents will be public knowledge. Uh, so, um, but they need to. They, they really need to get rid of 
probably a lot of the Vince McMahon people, right? A lot of the the people's inner circle. I don't know who at this point, but they needed to do some kind of investigation and find out, you know, who was involved or who knew or or these different things and, and get rid of a lot of people. Like and to me, that's where if, if Triple H can't answer that, if Triple H wants to say, I'm just, I think he should, he instead of saying let's focus on the positives, I think he can say, like, that's not for me to answer and Correct. then direct it to, yeah. direct it to Nick. I, I do think maybe that's where Nick Khan needs to come in and address Absolutely. how are how are they internally going to uh, investigate this issue? Uh, what was the culture like in 2022? Because it's not. I understand that Nick Khan. I don't remember the timeline when he came on, uh, but he can certainly speak to 2022. He was there in 2022, yeah. and I do think he can speak to some of this. Uh, but he does need to. It, there needs to be some sort of internal investigation. You know, I I recall. Yeah, I agree. Uh, during the pandemic, there's a uh, there's an old Phil Donahue episode that came out in 1992, kind of around the time of the Ring Boy scandal, and Vince McMahon was oh, right. Yeah, he was, and he said like you know he named the people that were involved, and he said they were removed, but we're also going to launch an internal investigation. I have heard nothing from Nick Khan, Triple H, about an internal invest. I do think that needs to be addressed. I'm not saying we need to stop WWE Raw and stop the push for WrestleMania, but money needs and resources need to be spent on an internal investigation. And I do think if anyone can address that, I think that's where Nick Khan should step in. I don't think it's for Triple H to answer. Correct. I was very disappointed in Triple H. I feel like, because he, so what he, what it seemed like his game plan was, was to talk for half the amount of time because he was just talking about nonsense and then to, to just duck the questions and kind of blame the audience. But what he should have done was he should have said, Hey, there's a legal, um, there's a legal, you know, whatever um, document going around that I'm sure everybody knows about and everybody has questions about. Unfortunately, it's a pending legal issue and I am not at liberty to answer any questions on that. But I do want to say that, you know, WWE and TKO do not condone the alleged acts that were listed there. And we're doing everything in our power to make sure that something like that can't happen. Roger, and, and also mention that, yes, it, 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 you know, we these allegations are against Vince. We have removed Vince from the board. He's not yep. stating a fact that is true, so why not? You know, right. He's not He's not confirming or denying anything at that point. Yeah, yeah you're right. He you're just stating a fact been, that people... Yeah, he's been removed. I think he should have jumped on it at the beginning of the press conference. I, I think do he should, too. He should have just yeah. addressed it. Yeah. And said as much as he could say, see, I can't say anything further about this. Please open questions for the Royal Rumble. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that would have been smart because they do for and I, I you know, we have a we have uh, the friend Kevin Kellum who's done a few episodes for us. He's been to a press conference, WWE. They they are they are planning though. Those questions are pre written and pre understood through the WWE PR system. So mm, it's really doing it manufactured. It didn't, uh, it didn't seem like it because they were just like. It felt like, very manufactured. They went after Cody and like, oh, like Cody has nothing to do with anything. Don't ask Cody. I was really glad that they didn't ask Bailey anything about it. Like, leave uh, Bailey alone. Let leave Bailey, Bailey alone. Bailey. Um, part of me thinks they determined that Cody would be, frankly, of any superstar, he's trying to be the face of the company. And again, he gave an answer that was well. He gave, I, yeah, I think he gave a somebody had to give that answer. I, I'm glad somebody said it. You know, so. Yeah, you know, but I don't think the women's division should be. You know, I'm sure they're going through emotions and processing of how to deal with this. As you know, in this world where you know we're we're in this new world where we have to kind of address how you know women and and any, anybody should be treated in this workplace. But I do think it's 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 a bit of a burden for the women's division to address this. So I get that 
superstars maybe are being advised not to uh, talk about this. I know CM Punk is just not giving interviews right now. That man, maybe that's for the best. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, Absolutely. But, uh, uh, speaking of women's division or former women's competitors, uh, Ronda Rousey gave a statement on Twitter. That's a bit. Uh, oh, she did. That's right. Intriguing. Yeah. She said, uh, if you want to get rid of Vince McMahon, get rid of Bruce Pritchard because Bruce was running things for Vince while Vince was quote unquote gone. And he's always still kind of running. Uh, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, I, I've read this through, like, you know, Justin, like the Sports Illustrated report of this, Mike Johnson, who is very reliable. Uh, he's the one who also broke CM Punk's injury, which we'll get into. That's a whole other thing. We'll talk about that later. But he is a very reliable uh, news source. But he basically said that essentially Triple H, if you notice, there is a stark difference between Raw and SmackDown. Triple H is kind of spearheading Raw. And he'll step in on SmackDown and make executive decisions, but it's kind of Bruce Pritchard is kind of running day to day on SmackDown. So that's oh, interesting. Still, I did not know that. There, not there's Bruce Pritchard fingerprints still throughout creative. And I I'm not just saying this because I noticed this, but it does look like SmackDown is a different show. Yeah, well. it does. I mean it's not like it's not I'm like not saying Triple H is not touching not, anything on SmackDown. Yeah, it's not dynamite collision different, but it is different, no. yeah. There, there are noticeable differences, and he's still there. He's still an active creative uh, member of the, or active member of the creative team, along with the uh, Michael Hayes. Uh, right. But it does make me wonder. You know, we have unnamed executives that are part of the inner circle, and I think about Vince's inner Correct. circle. And I think about who's still left. I think about who's left from the inner circle. You know, Kevin I, Dunn is gone. Kevin Dunn just left, and I wonder if that's why too. Like maybe he knew that some shit's but... going to come out. I need to go before my name is. Mm-hmm. whatever you know before i'm, I'm implicated because he was definitely uh vince's right hand man well another big right hand man is a uh, free bird michael hayes where, yeah um, that's true where, i was I thinking the same that. thing it's like they have to get rid of a lot of the old guard just because you know <laughs> even if they weren't involved they were at least looking the other way probably right i don't know i don't know it's, no, it's, it's a very it's a, it's a tough situation. Like a lot of people are calling for Triple H's job, and it's like, you know, was Triple H involved? Did Triple H know? You know, like, like, um, him and Vince didn't really like each other for the most part. You know, they were kind of adversarial for the most part. So Vince won't be like, hey, come over here and get some of this. You know, um, it definitely makes Stephanie, more sense why Stephanie stepped away. It also Stephanie makes sense why, it. you know, there were a lot of rumors that Shane was butting head with Vince on a lot of creative decisions and. I wonder if Shane knew some something of this, and he. There's this yeah. report that just came out a couple of days ago where it's like Shane McMahon, Vince McMahon, but it has because of his crazy behavior, and he was trying to get Shane to participate, and Shane said no, and that's why he's gone. And I'm like, who's your source on this? Like, where did this come from? Like, come on. Yeah. Well, I do. Well, I do think there was some. Like there was some report back in 2022 about Shane butting heads with Vince. So yeah, I'm, right, right. All exactly. I'm saying is I don't know the reason they were butting heads. I'm curious. If this is part of it, yeah, I mean, it, it very well could know. be like Steph because Stephanie and Triple H were heading up the uh, the investigation, the first investigation in 2022, mm-hmm. and then when that kind of ended, they didn't really come up with much, and then Stephanie abruptly left. So it's like maybe they found out something they didn't want to know, and Stephanie's like, "I can't deal with this. I need to leave." Because I mean, it's, who it's knows what she's dealt with growing up. Who knows she's what she's been, dealt with, right? She's dealt with so much, the emotional trauma of the steroid trial. There's a lot to love what she's dealt with. Um, and I mean, it's not, we, we, it's no secret that Linda and Vince don't, like, they're married, but in name. They're not. I, well, yeah, I, I, yeah, I don't think that's, that's really There's right. probably 
some unresolved oh, feelings of that. My parents aren't too. together. Anymore. You know, that's not hard on anyone when their parents. Yeah. Are. Yeah. It's a lot. It's, just, it's wild, man. It's, it's so much. Like, there's so but many like what ripples. Makes me think... Yeah, go ahead. Sorry. No, no, I'm just saying it's a lot. There's so many ripples. Like, it, it, it's just uh, a huge domino effect, you know? Yeah, you're right. And then it's like this. It's. It's it not affects this one creative, is what I was trying to say. Yeah, I think that's... But it's not this one person. I mean, this has probably been happening since the 80s, you know, you know, all throughout the years. It's wild. This is... It's 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 awful. Yeah. Right. This is the one... This is the one case where money wasn't being paid, so it came out. But that's what I'm saying. How many more cases? How many more... Right. Because in the 80s, in the late 80s, I think it was uh, a female ring announcer accused him of, of the, you know, of stuff. And then... Uh, in like 2006, he got accused by Epsom masseuse. Like, there's just been like all these cases throughout the years where you know he's been getting away with stuff because of his money and power. And back then, you know, social media wasn't so prevalent, and you know, you got what 2006. I think there was some incident in 09. There was an incident like down here in in Florida, and you know, just hush money and. It, it was like not spoken about again, but when you look in yeah. hindsight, you know that stuff adds up. And I mean, it, look at the Jimmy Snooker trial in the beginning, right? You know? uh, or whatever it was, where they say they say the stories are that Vince McMahon walked in with a briefcase full of money, and the and the allegations went away, and that was it. And that was it for how many years? Forty years. Yeah, and then and then I think they got him, and then and then he died, or and something. Then it killed him. Well, yeah. I think he died. I think it was something where he, if I remember the dark side of the ring correctly. It's like he went to prison on his deathbed or something. Yeah. yeah like he was already he dying. Wasn't when he, went to he wasn't mentally fit for trial. So mm, there you go. Yeah, that's right. And then he so passed. Did he even go to jail? I don't remember if he went Probably to jail. not. I don't think he went to jail. I think no. he just was trying to serve. They basically realized. Like, he's living in his own personal jail in his head. Yeah. <laughs> at no this personal. point. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I mean, just, it's just crazy, you know, things <laughs> out throughout the years. And then, you know, you think about WWE Superstar A and WWE Superstar B, and then you go, you know, who has been Vince really been chummy with over the years and, and things like that, you know. And, and, it's, and it's starting to wild. affect, you know, you know, I know the superstars maybe can't, the current superstars can't talk about, but like you have people like Rock and Cena who do media and press for other projects. Yeah. They will probably get asked about that because they are very chummy. With. And now The Rock is on the TKO board, which we didn't really even talk about either. And that right. came out a few days before this whole thing came out. And I feel like uh, The Rock... So so Vince McMahon spent the last X amount of years, right? Three, five, whatever amount of years, really doing bad will on wrestling as a whole. And and I feel like The Rock is kind of in to, to be a goodwill ambassador in a way to kind of bring those people back, to bring back the Naomi's, to bring back the Sasha Banks's or whatever... And and things like that. So I feel like that's why he's he's on the board. No, Rock has, and he's he is an ambassador for wrestling. He still loves wrestling. One one thing you can say about you know the biggest action star in the world is he still is a mark for wrestling. He's always tweeting about wrestling. He gave yeah. didn't he introduce Ken Shamrock at the TNA Hall of Fame? Like he he recognizes. Well, he sent in know, a video. <laughs> it was it was still an intro. Yeah, it was. You're right. Absolutely, it was. He didn't even have to do that, if you think about it. Uh, no, he didn't. Yeah, he sent he an didn't. introduction. Um, I just, for someone who's in such a huge position, because he's recognizable not just as a wrestler, he's recognizable as a, as a celebrity. Like, he's, like, I can't think of a bigger action star right now. Yeah, no, he really is. Kind of taking Rock. the Schwarzenegger, Bruce Willis kind of 
mantles, Stallone mantle, and he's the number one action star. But he's still like you know if something happens in wrestling or you know Rick, like a like a legend like a Ric Flair has a birthday or something, he'll you know send something. And he'll kind of make it historical, like you helped my family in this way and blah blah blah. And, you know, yeah, I think that's yeah. It speaks so to the I, fact that he's trying to be you know hands on with. Yeah. His, he even commented. There's a video that Chris Van Vliet did with Chavo Guerrero. And Rock commented in the video. Now, I'm sure it's a PR person, but it's his words. He is saying, like, he he appreciates the Guerrero family. He's appreciating history of wrestling, family-oriented, wrestling family-oriented, you know. And so the question is, given that he's such a big celebrity, does this investigation, you know, sour the Rock on maybe appearing? Like, is he still going to appear this year? Right. Are, are his PR handlers saying, hey, you need to kind of maybe ixnay on the WWE stuff right now? Because he is going to get asked. Maybe. He will be asked about it. Cena's going to get Cena has a new movie coming out. He's going to be doing press rounds for that. Now, maybe the PR person can say, hey, don't ask anything. Like, they can manufacture some sort of like, like response. They can vet the questions. Vet the questions, if you will. But, but I do think your bigger tier wrestlers like a Cena or a Rock, they're going to be asked about this. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It's gonna be crazy. And then, like I said, if it goes to trial, the names will come out. So that's even gonna be even that's crazier. Even worse. Yeah, yeah. I think knows? they'll settle, honestly, and sadly. I, yeah, they'll probably just settle, and then the the sleuths will have to continue to kind of you know put the pieces together and you know figure it out. I guess. Yeah, and then the person who owns Endeavor, Ari Emanuel, I think his name is. Yeah. Apparently, his daughters worked. WWE corporate for four years. Yeah, yeah what so happened there? Mm-hmm. Nothing. Oh, I mean, he had, he didn't say that she said anything bad, but I wonder, like, like what she thinks about all this too, because she was there. Brutal. Wild. It's wild. Yeah. Anyway, but yeah. So, uh, what else is going on in wrestling news? Anything? Uh, anything else you can think of that's uh, topical that you want to speak on? Is it bad that I haven't? I don't even know. I think this no, is No, you've been kinda you've been kinda uh off the on the show for a bit, so Yeah. I don't, I don't really blame you for that. Out of sorts here, but I did enjoy the rumble, so that's good, right? Oh here's a here's a thing that I want to bring up real quick, especially with you. You might be interested to hear this. Yeah. Uh Pro Wrestling Tees has announced they're taking down uh Okada's store. And they said you have like three days or whatever it is to buy Okada merchandise. And then people are like, why? What's going on? And they're like, I don't know. We were just told to take his store down. Speculation running wild. Yeah. Well, you Osprey's know. store didn't get taken down. Ooh, he got but, signed. Ee, but the, so, so Tony Khan ain't about taking people's stores down. There's only one company that's going to say, take your store down. And that's the WW. Well, it, Jay White, his merch got pulled. Oh, did it? But he also like had like the loser leaves New Japan situation, I think. Mm, plus, also, I mean, didn't he think he was going to WWE? Maybe, maybe there's a chance he thought he was going to WWE. I think there but was. There was. You don't talk. take down the store unless you sign a deal, though, right? Yeah, yeah. Or maybe yeah. it just it's just like feeding speculation, and then yeah, maybe that know. too. You're when right. He maybe comes that back too. when he comes back, he can come back with like a whole new spread of merch. And then maybe they follow. Oh, like, yeah, AEW merch. AEW merch, and then, you know, you'll be able to maybe buy the older stuff, but maybe not, you know? It's interesting. It's interesting in general. I've been having this conversation with my friends, like, 
I really can't picture a new Japan without Okada. You know, Okada's just like the staple of, you know, not these days, like he wasn't like the main event anymore, but it's Okada, you know, but it gives room for some of these. Yeah, but that's what people said when Shinsuke Nakamura got signed, isn't it? Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Yeah, you know, I mean, right. they'll move on. They'll find somebody. Do right. you know what's crazy though about New Japan is like their top stars for like for the past five years, like Will Ospreay, Jay White, Kota Ibushi. Um, there's a couple, like two or three more I can't even think of off the top of my head. Oh, uh, uh, Shibata, um, Okada. Right? They're all fucking. They're all AEW well, except for maybe Okada. Yeah, look at it. I, uh, I don't know if you said that already, but yeah, it's uh. It's an opportunity for other people to step up. So it absolutely is. is. You know, absolutely it's, is. It's David really Finley. Cool. David Finley can become a star now. You know because they need people. Yeah, they need people, and and it's good for Okada. And uh, you know he's done everything, man. At this point, why not? So it's cool. Where I'm would you guys uh, like to see him? Would you like to see him in AEW? It's or... interesting. It's interesting because somebody was saying on Twitter. It's not. It's not super special to see him in AEW because he's been in AEW a few times because of the forbidden a few times doors. for new uh, forbidden doors, right? Yeah, and so it would be really wild. But then again, I mean, is he going to go to WWE? You know, is he going to get a silly name? Is it going to be an NXT? Are they going to put him in Chase U? Like you know? Well, they yeah, used maybe. Nakamura's name, so would they? They, they did. That's him? true. They did. But they did. <sighs> it's funny the names. Have you guys seen the names that people are speculating online? They're just like making up these random names, and they're so funny. No, and I'm, like there's a picture of Okada with a Chase U shirt on. Oh God, I love it, dude. I love it. Yeah, I if, love it. if he goes there, do they use him correctly? Where does he dude, go? Chase U and fucking Andrew Chase is teaching him English. Oh my, it's horrible. I, uh, I mean, I, you just painted Chase U ESL. You painted a picture. I don't hate it, but. Uh, I just don't know where he ends up, but he'll probably end up in AEW. I don't know. Either way, I'm interested. So, same, same. Uh, same thing with Mercedes Monet. I expect to see her in the Rumble. She didn't debut, so because she didn't debut in the Rumble, I'm assuming that she's going to be AEW bound in the next couple of weeks, we which is cool. Hope. Yeah, she, she, yeah, she's good. And here's here's my thing. Do you think you know talent like Naomi? Or Andrade, who just went back to WWE, are like maybe a little soured with all this news kind of, you know, coming about. I, I hate to go back to that, but. Right. You're like, fuck, I just signed a deal. I, I just came back. I just came back. And, and it's now like, what's, what's going to happen? Are we going to, is this company going to go down because of this? I mean, I mean they're not, but like. It's the cloud. It's, it's a dark cloud. And like you guys said, like every fucking interview, yeah. you know, it, it's just going to follow them around. Like it's, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Moving on, we can. But you know, I you're wonder right, what Punk, I mean, my first thought was Punk because like the guy just came back and, just he, came back. and yeah. he already has a tumultuous relationship with Vince, and I do think Vince not being there kind of led to some of this Punk final return. And then I also feel like Punk tries to be an advocate for yeah, for, for marginalized. Yeah. I guess marginalized isn't a good word. Groups, you know, yeah. for, for minority groups. I don't know. You know. But like, like he'll wear like a trans right shirt, you know, or whatever. Um, so like, people are really gonna hit him hard on this too. Like, well, you know, what do you think? What do you think? And you know, I think so. Yeah, I think he's gonna Lord. be like, oh my he god. He always hated Laurenitis, and 
Right <laughs> I feel like we all did. I always did, and I was like, yeah, I mean, did he ever? Always... Was he ever likable? Like, Fucking even you did you guys see him in WCW when he was a skateboard guy with yes, uh, Shane Douglas? Oh yeah. man, I forgot that. Yes. Yeah. I think he did the, some time the, in the, Japan too. The dudes. Oh, fuck, what were they called? Fuck, what were they called? Fuck, the dudes. The um, dude. Not the dude. Uh, no. The uh, rad dudes. The two dudes. Something. I don't care. I don't know. It doesn't, it doesn't matter. matter. Fuck them. Fuck them. But yeah, yeah. Uh, so we'll see where those people go. Pratik, uh, tell us, uh, tell us about your Tampa trip. How that went before we get into the Rumble? No, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> no, it's uh, so oh, it was a. So I think it was maybe like five. No, I went to four events. It, it was a long weekend. But what's funny is I'm not like sick of wrestling. Like it was, it was a good weekend of wrestling. Yeah, I was in Tampa. And then closed out to the show in Orlando actually uh, last night, and I just got back to Chicago uh, today. It's a good time. Wow, that's awesome, man! The road dog, I love it. But uh, yeah, yeah. Tampa was good. We started off. You said four originally. events. Yeah, tell us about what you did and like what you saw. Originally, was just going to do Rumble and maybe the Raw, uh, but I ended up getting to see. Uh, I, I ended up getting a, uh, access to a ticket to the GCW went on Friday before the Rumble. Um, and, was uh, that the first we, event you did, the GCW show? I did a late night GCW show back in Dallas because they had done a bunch of events. Oh no, no, I mean, I mean, was that the first event you did the weekend of the Rumble? Oh, the weekend of Rumble, yes, that was on Friday. Awesome, hell that's yeah, sick. that's cool. That's so cool. you also watched uh, that card as well. Um, I did, yeah, I hell yeah, I did. Uh, what are your? Uh, let's talk about the GCW show. Uh, what was what was it like? What were the vibes like in the room? Well, that, that's what I, you know, I was, I was there with my friend, uh, from the UK. So he's gone, he's, uh, so my friend from the UK, uh, comedian, Gary Sampson, very funny. He's been to like progress. He's been to like Rev Pro. He's been to a few independent shows in the UK. He definitely was like, oh, the, he, know, like as someone who's gone to a lot of independent shows like him, he definitely was telling me like, there is something infectious about that GCW crowd. You know, they really are, yeah. are you know, again, it's an intimate room. You think about, you know, I thought about something actually Xavier said. I'm not making it like I literally was thinking about a point Xavier said while watching GCW show about how AEW may be doing intimate house shows. There is something about that intimacy in that room. You know, every punch is, you know, appreciated. Every move is appreciated. There's no lulls. There really was no, there was no cooler match. You know what I'm saying? There's no cool down match. Everything was just boom, 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 boom. It was an active yeah. Now, maybe given that it was the Friday, it was the, you know, the, the appetizer of the weekend. People were just hyped. Um, I also expected not as many. I expected, I didn't expect that many out-of-towners. I would say it was about 40% out-of-towners, uh, 60% uh, Florida, local to Florida, I would say. They're, Probably they're, because, I mean, people follow GCW around for one. And then yeah. I'm sure a lot of people were in town for the Rumble as well. In town for the Rumble. Uh, I was talking to some people. It seemed like some people were just there just for the GCW. Yeah, people follow them from town to yeah. town. It's crazy. I wish I I could do that someday, you know. That's crazy. Yeah. Um, there was definitely a big uh, Tampa Orlando battle chant at one point during. The what show. did you uh, What did you take away from the show itself? Like, like what wrestlers stuck out to you? What matches were really good? You thought. So what was interesting was I was kind of intrigued by the card because of how it seemed like there were quite a few matches with like homegrown GCW versus WWE or non GCW. There was a lot of who are these people coming into our show type. There were like at least four matches like that, you know. Yeah, 
It was great. The opener of the match, the opening match, was the top dollar versus Janela. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, um, uh, what's his face? Flop dollar. Speaking of Joey Janela, I just want to say AJ, uh, whatever his real name is from the from the Treasure Show. AJ, AJ Francis. Yeah. I'm very proud of myself, uh, Pratik. Uh, you could probably relate to this. Uh, I tweeted out as the show started. I tweeted out uh, GCW live from the Apple Store, and then. I got a retweet and an LMFA from Joey Janela. <laughs> Hell yeah. Yeah. Bad boy. Fuck yeah, the bad boy. He approved. I That's- almost felt like, oh man, that was so mean what I said. I'm going to take it down. And I went to go look at it and Joey Janela retweeted it. I'm ah. like, Hell yeah, bad boy. That was and great. Cool. And it felt like AJ was working or Top Dollar was working, you know, heel for most of the night. Oh, he, he was, was a, he's fun. a heel. He's a heel through and through. Yeah. And he was doing like that that move. He kept skinning the cat over. And I'm like, is he just gonna do it out of the hole just to kind of? <laughs> yeah, he just kept flopping over the top. Yeah, <laughs> that's like his thing. And I then it. I forgot the guy with him. He was like a DJ Who Kid. Was it DJ Who Kid? DJ Who Kid. Who? Correct me if I'm wrong. He wrapped Swerve to the ring at Wembley. Oh, interesting. Fuck. Okay, interesting. Was my buddy Gary. He was at Wembley show. Uh, oh. He bought my ticket. I am going. I, I'm, I'm proud to announce I will be going to All In Two uh, this year as well. In what? Wembley? Yeah, Wembley. Holy that's shit, that's awesome! Gary. So I'm excited that for sick. that. Yeah, courtesy of Gary, we're, we're making that happen. Um, he was able to get a hell preset. yeah, Gary. Hey Thanks, Gary, Gary. Uh, hey Gary, if you're listening, uh, Xavier and I also want to go. I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah, we'll fly ourselves out. Yeah, good luck with that for me. But anyway, <laughs> you imagine. It's just, it's, to me, it's that thing of like, you know, getting to see, just like with any sort of performing style, you know, you know, Sam and I are comedians, Xavier are musicians, you understand like different venues evoke different emotions, you know, different rooms, certain moves, certain, whether, whatever your craft is, you, you, you do adjust. I, I, I don't want to say that I'm creating a new, uh, you know, set for, you know, a different audience, but you do make adjustments in your performance based on the room. And I think that's what's been interesting to me about watching all these live events, whether it's, you know, Rosemont in Chicago where there's no bad seat, you know, closed dome, going to a stadium where everything's open air and seeing how the crowd reacts to certain things, how kids react to certain things. I'm always interested in what the kids kind of respond to. Like, cause you know, it's one thing to be like, yeah, I'm going to say some curse words and get a response from people. Um, but mm-hmm. it is interesting if you can really connect on a on a on a on a you know deeper level with a child. So I'm always curious what the kids are like. Uh this show definitely was not for kids. I will say that right now. The chants were very the chants were very adult oriented, uh a lot of cursing, uh, a lot of fuck that shit, you sick fuck a lot a lot of that, uh a lot of anti WWE uh references, uh some of the other matches on the card. I don't know if we wanna we we can kind of you know, go. We can poke one. around a little bit. Uh, were you wearing a hat? I did not have my GCW teacher, unfortunately, because I didn't know I was coming. No, a, a hat, a hat, H A T. The reason why I'm asking if you're wearing a hat is because I want to ask you about the Tony Deppin Mansoor match. And Tony Deppin famously takes fans' hats and throws them as far as he can. I did notice that. Yeah, and it's funny. So <laughs> I had just seen uh, Saltburn, and I got to say, Tony Deppin looks a lot like Barry Keegan from Saltburn. <laughs> okay, nice. Well, Xavier, gets I'm that glad one. Xavier got that. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I totally yeah. Get that. 
Wow. So we were tap- chatting. Uh, yeah, that was an interesting match because, again, like, you know, Mansoor comes out, he's getting that heel kind of, ah, we don't like, but he's clearly the face in that match. They treated him like a face in that match. Yeah, Tony Dippin's a huge heel. Uh, Mansoor, you know what? I tweeted out during the show, um, I never appreciated Mansoor in the WWE, but I've seen him in Hood Slam and GCW uh, Weekend, and he stole the show every time. Mansoor is so good. He... Uh, main evented the next day. GCW did a show called Effie's Big Gay Brunch. Oh, he was on the br- brunch. Yeah, I didn't watch the brunch. Yeah, yeah, that was the main event. It was him and uh, Madden Mace, Mace Madden, whatever his name was, against uh, Effie and Allie Bussy. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, I'm glad Effie didn't work too hard for matches <laughs> in a, a back. Yeah, he had like tw- he ended up getting like I guess we're getting ahead of ourselves here. He ended up getting like uh, staples or stitches or whatever in his head. And uh, yeah, 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 it, it was a rough. Uh, it, it was rough. That was yeah, the. It was. I gotta was say, the, the there were no light tubes uh, at all in the show. There were a lot more doors and a lot more like different elements to it, and I think that was great because the GCW show I went to in Dallas, it was like a late night GCW show. It seemed like every match was light tube and light tube, and I feel well, like the this show. Is, it varies from state to state because of laws. Because of laws, and also. Yeah. Well, Florida doesn't seem to have a lot of. <laughs> That's true. No, you're right. You're right about that. Xavier knows. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but I like what the point I'm trying to make is I I do think it was paced well. I'm like the the moments when they used the hardcore items, it didn't feel it really didn't feel forced. You know, it was it. A lot of people look at GCW given Dark Side, given their lack of maybe understanding of that of that federation uh, as just backyard wrestling. But I really think they are trying to have storylines, trying to have depth, and I, I was very impressed. Uh, I asked somebody recently, uh, do you watch GCW? And they said, I don't watch death matches. And I was a little bit taken back by it because I'm like, they have the best technical wrestlers. They have the best luchadors. Like, Will Ospreay was there for a minute. Like, I don't know. I I hate that. I hate that reputation that they have, that they're just death matches. I think that really is the case of people just not knowing. Like, I I will say I was not expecting, as we get into later in the card, I'm trying to pull up the card here. Uh, to kind of go through, yeah, I'm kind of hopping around definitely, about it a little bit. There was definitely a um, lot of technical wrestling that I don't think gets uh, uh, mentioned. I thought the uh, uh, Jack Hartreel Leah Rush match, you know, yes, Leah Rush was getting a little bit of heel, but once they got going, there were a couple moments. There was that one spot when they did that one stiff dive into the crowd. Uh, it literally, oh, I'm man. like, Jesus Christ, like it was, but you know, just to, to maneuver that was great. So, yeah, I, I was Dark very. Is incredible. Dark Hartwell, yeah, it's it's great. No, it. Yeah, and they knew how to, so. again. They're playing to the crowd. They're they're ma- they're choosing their moments to do these dives, do these flips. They're not just you know. Mm-hmm. It felt almost a little. I hate. Dare I say, you know, I think it felt like at times, you know, we we have matches in AEW where a little more trampoline club ass where where the flips don't always. There's no sometimes no psychology behind it. Dare I say, you know, some of the aerial moves in this GCW in this pay per view. That I that I attended, if I did feel like the ring psychology, uh, you know, fit the format of the show. They were again reading the audience, reading their cues, picking up on what they're saying. The way the heels interacted with the crowd, like you could tell, like the, in, especially in the main event. Um, uh, I don't know if you were able to catch like there at one point this one fan is standing on a chair, you know, screaming at the guy, and they're kind of like like you know nose to nose. I don't know how much of that was captured you know, for the, for the home audience. But it's mm. very interesting to me. You know? Yeah. I don't remember that part specifically, but that's, that's wild. 
Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Oh, another uh, noticeable match I wanted to talk about was, and part of the reason I went, well, I, was, I went for a couple reasons, but I was really excited for the uh, match with uh, Jacob Fatu and Zilla Fatu. Uh, yeah. I was a little bit disappointed uh, that the main event didn't do the full little entrance where he comes and jumps to the hoop and stuff because my wife was watching for the first time the main event and I was like, oh, check these guys out. You know, they're like a they're like a circus act. They're really cool, but they didn't really do. They did a little bit of it though. It was cool, but they didn't do their entrance. But yeah, what do you think of the main event? Oh, that match definitely. It literally could have been a main event. Like it was. It could have been. You're right. Just because the emotional element of the if if you want to talk about the emotional element of that match you know you had the technician you had the technique you had the technicians you had good moments uh but it was also i think the crowd really got behind zilla you know zilla being the son of you know the late great umaga uh and he's not really he's kind of wetting his feet right getting his feet wet in the indie world like he's doing some runs but given that he's also working with jacob fatu who he's pretty much like an indie darling at this point he's well known within within that world you know i i believe has he, now he's just he, I know he's part of MLW, but he kind of works his way around everywhere, right? Like he's doing stuff. Yeah, so doing. when you're when you're signed to MLW, you can do pretty much anything below MLW. You just can't go like AEW, WWE. So did he? But he's done New Japan stuff, if I'm not mistaken, right? Yeah, like, he did. I think he recently did New Japan. Yeah, he did. He did the he did the uh, the San Jose show recently. Yeah. So you know, I'm sure whatever New Japan worked out, whatever deal. But yeah, um, Booker T recently um, said, I don't, I don't know where he said it on his podcast, I mean, that his next goal in life is to get Jacob Fatu signed to WWE, which is pretty interesting. I love that. It's very public to like go on the, the record. The way he does his, uh, it'll be interesting because Solo does a spike, but I got to say the way Zilla does the spike is, is really good. It's a little bit different. I don't want to give it away for anybody who hasn't seen it, but I, I encourage you all listening to go and watch how Zilla does the spike. It's, 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 it's a little different. Zilla's new, man. Oh, he's speaking of Zilla. So I'm not sure what happened, but all I know, so he, the Jacob fought two things Booker T said, right? But then also when Zilla first started training, uh, he went to uh, Booker T's school originally. He and, did. Then some, and then at some point, somebody asked him, hey, man, uh, what, how's Zilla Fatu doing? And Booker T, Booker T just goes, I don't know. He's not here anymore. Right. And that was kind of the end of it. And I kind of forgot about it. So when Zilla resurfaced for this GCW show, I Googled Zilla Booker T just to see if there's any beef or what's going on there. And, uh, there was an interview where Zilla Fatu was asked about Booker T and he said something along the lines of, you know, Booker T's awesome. I really enjoyed learning from him. But uh, at the end of the day, we just didn't have the same vision, and I just needed to go some, with somebody that had the same vision as me. That's cool. Which yeah, is, I don't, you know, whatever. I don't think there was beef. I think it was definitely he wanted to get what he could, but he's also, I think, for him, he really, you know, I'm not trying to say like people born in this business, but you notice like people that come from this business, your your, your Dominic Mysterios, you know, your Charlotte Flair, they. I oh, you mean the the golden ticket right to the main to the main event? It's not, <laughs> mm-hmm. but I do think there's something inherent to that. You, you look at Brandy Orton, like is such a smooth technician. Like I do yeah. think having being in that fam- being in a wrestling family allows you to inherently. I think it's almost like the certain instincts get picked up. And I have to say, I, I, I given that I saw his match, like yeah, it was a tag, so he was certainly protected in certain ways. But protected, he's new, but he looked good. He looked really for, good. I don't know if he's ready for NXT just yet. I think he should work the Indies a little more. But 
to me, he's getting maybe too caught up in schooling. And I think it's like, yeah, go work the Indies for a while. I think he should get his feet wet. Absolutely. And like you said, it's really good that he's under Jacob Fatu's wing. Under Jacob Fatu's wing. And maybe don't just go straight to WWE. There's there's so many different styles. I think uh, badass Billy Gunn gave an interview where he's like, yeah, I don't want my sons go straight to WWE. There's, There's other... They should they should learn their own interpretations of this business, then decide where do you want to go. Because there's there's yeah. if you go to WWE right away, that's your first exposure to the business, you're really only gonna learn how to work WWE style. So there is something to learning different styles and then figuring out where do I want to Yeah, traveling the world the world first. Learning yeah. how to get over in little markets before you try to get over on the big market. Actually, when there are so many exciting this is an exciting time to be a wrestler, it's also an exciting time to be a fan. Like you have so many different markets to learn from. Yep. Mm-hmm. That's that's you know all the greats, you know, went to Japan and went to the UK and you know you have people who went to the dojos and let's be real, uh, same thing with comedy yeah. and, and music. You take those bookings, you make your own way, you get those routes, you get those tours, and eventually you know you work you work your way to the D markets the C markets the B markets and, and same thing man you work your way up and the thing it's tenacity right and resilience because you go straight to WWE you go to the factory right you go to the machine you learn how to do their style but when you go to all these different countries all these different markets all these different you know cultures it's a, it's a way better product at the end of it in my opinion no, I 100% agree. Yeah. I mean, in your work, I think your work rate and just your the work that you're doing does change. I, I found, you know, traveling a lot. You know, I did 23 cities last year trying for 2023. I'm trying to do 24 for 2024. Yeah, that's, that's cool. Hell yeah. I love that. But I think the material does, you see what works in different rooms. You see what songs and crowd reactions, you know, you know Xavier, I'm sure as a musician, you, you play to the crowd in different environments. You know, you do, so I'm sure you change certain things depending where you are, you know, it, it is oh. that thing. And you see what yeah. wrestling do, you know, what whole, what moves work here, what things work here. What town does this hold work in? You know, North yeah. Carolina, you're going to work this style. In Chicago, uh-huh. New York, you're going to work this style. Same thing. I'm not going to play this song in, you know, Brooklyn, but in LA, sure, I'll play this song. Like it's, exactly. you know, and they know how to work around, you know, or two. And it also probably depends on who's on the show as well. You know, exactly. depending on what you do also, like, because I'm sure that's a variable as well. Yeah. Because, like, if the comic is before me and he does 20 minutes about apples, then I'm going to go, well, I'm not going to tell my apple jokes tonight. Exactly. <laughs> I might do one apple joke just to fuck with the crowd. Like, all just right. Just to remind them. Yeah, just a, just a little callback. <laughs> so, so, Sam, you watched quite a bit of uh, GCW. So, I'm curious. Yeah. Regular on the... Uh, these are pay-per-views. So on these pay-per-views with GCW, how often are they bringing in outside talent on their pay-per-views? I'm curious, was this a regular thing? Like something like this where you had three or four matches with, you know, outside talent? I think on a regular, they'll bring in, uh, you know, one or two people that are outside talent for, for their shows. Yeah. Like Lindsay Snow, Lindsay Snow is somebody that they brought in that that she's not normally a part of their roster. She was really good. Uh, I'm just looking at the on the. At the I don't like Mansoor the way they were because they were chanting "Well, welcome home" at one point with Mansoor. Is this something he wants to? Does he want to be a part of GCW regularly? Is that well, Mansoor came up in Hood Slam, so okay. Hood Slam is Mansoor's 
home promotion. And really? Hood Slam has, you know, a pretty good relationship with GCW. Dark Sheik uh, is the promoter of Hood Slam, and, and she's in GCW all the time. Ah, so shit. you know, it's kind of it's kind of fitting that that he's he's there. You know, uh, they're bringing in uh, the next show on February third. It's gonna be Matt Cardona versus Nick Nemeth. That's the uh, that's the big money match, yeah. Yeah, right, exactly. I'm excited about that. But yeah, so they bring in, they bring outside talent quite a bit. Um, but it's like I was watching the archives. You know, I'm watching it back, and you know, it used to be a lot less. But it's like now that as they're doing better, as they're making more money, they can afford to bring in a nickname. Afford to bring, and then you also, if you're doing them in the markets of a big four pay per view, a Royal Rumble, a WrestleMania town, you can, you can, they're going to kind of be there. Some of these outside towns are going to be there, you know. Given and Jacob Fatu has been a GCW person off and on for a long time, off and on for years. Yeah, yeah. I miss the. uh, I want to go back and watch that Bloodline match in MLW where it was Riddle versus. Riddle's first outside WWE matches. Oh yes, that was good against Jacob Fatu. Very good match. Um, yeah, yeah what there did were you a think? lot of bloodline references in the Fatu tag match. A lot of ones, we be the ones, you know. Oh, that's in interesting. That. That's interesting. Uh, did, you know, sometimes you know, he'll yell. Sometimes he'll yell. You know, bloodline I'm from. <laughs> <laughs> um, I noticed uh, what's his name from from the main event. Uh, uh, My- Midas. Uh, Midas was, Black, I believe it was Midas Black. He was wearing the hat, right? He, uh, he's the he's the the ringleader. Uh, Jay Lion is the lion. Yeah, so Midas Black. Uh, I went to the bathroom right after that match. Guess who comes running in to clean off his blood wound? Midas. Black. Oh, nice. Yeah, so he's like, he, and, he, and I literally hear him go, "Oh shit, this thing." I'm like, "Hey man, I didn't want to bother him too much. I'm just like, hey man, great match, and please take care of yourself." He's like, "Thank you, brother." <laughs> That's cool. Um, Hell yeah. Did you watch the cooldown match, the American Giant versus local competitor? Yeah, I did. That was funny. So, uh, and then Joey Janela uh, invited the American Giant to be part of Spring Break. It's it, he was getting such an interesting reaction from the crowd, like they were into him. And but also there was a local competitor. I don't know if you caught this in the in the view feed, but like there were people chanting "local competitor," and I, found- <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Did he you? Uh, giant, uh, he, they did not give him a good parking spot on the way out. He had to walk. Poor guy had to walk quite a bit. We saw him rolling his little bag. Oh, uh, doing the yeah. Virgil. Yeah, that oh, that's moment. a very humbling. Just as being a performer and like you do your set, then you gotta you gotta walk to the car afterwards. <laughs> what did you? Uh, what were your thoughts on uh, the Broski Jimmy Lloyd Matt Cardona's new protege? I liked his promo that he gave. Uh, yeah. He read it off his phone or something, I think. Yeah, very entertaining. Made me think Matt Cardona was going to be there. Uh, but, man, the match that followed that, that tag match uh, with Violence is Forever, they're so over and just, yeah, great psychology. Oh, they're, Violence is Forever is incredible. I mean, there were three different matches that could have been a main event. Obviously, Effie and Mance Warner, that was a great main event, great pace. But this tag match also could have been uh, a great main event. I was a little bit disappointed that Sawyer Rack wasn't able to be there. Uh, she had gotten food poisoning her on her birthday the day before. Uh, she was supposed to face Blake Christian for the GCW World Title, and she was replaced with Marcus Mathers, who's he's good, but I feel like it's quite a step down from somebody like Sawyer Rack. And yeah. so it was an okay yeah. match. Marcus Mathers well, was good. I, I thought but, Marshall. Ma- yeah, what's the guy's call him? Marshall. Marcus. Marcus Mathers. Marcus. Uh, you know, he definitely was getting a good reaction from the crowd. Uh, uh, and, f- and now that I know that it was sort of a last minute replacement, I thought they did a fantastic job given, you know, things have to be replaced last minute, you know, uh, 
problem. Yeah, but I thought it'd be somebody like on a higher. I mean, not that. No, no offense to him. I like him, but he's a tag team guy. You know, like. Yeah. Uh, it's so your wreck. I want somebody like on that level, you know. But I noticed Brett Lardell was very active during that match, like with signaling and all. Mm, he, was, yeah. he was very noticeable. Nick Gage came on a commentary a couple times. Uh, yeah, Nick Gage did do commentary a couple of times. That was great. Did commentary on this match because, of course, then he gets up and gives his big spiel. The finish the story comment got a very good good response from everybody. So Mance Warner uh, recently turned heel on Effie. They've been friends for a very long time. Effie's been part of Mance's crew, the Second Gear crew, unofficially. And uh, they had this match together. I think it was, was it Jacob and Juicy? I don't know. They had this tag team match together, and they lost. And after the match was over, Mance fucked up Effie. He beat him up pretty badly. And then uh, come New Year's Eve, we had the uh, the GCW Rumble, the Do or Die Rumble. And Effie... Uh, we had all thought Effie had won, and Effie was celebrating his win. And then out of nowhere, Mance Warner comes out, throws Effie over the top, and Mance Warner wins the do-or-die rumble. And so him and Effie have been just going back and forth. And finally, they're going to settle their differences here on on uh, in Tampa, Florida, Effie versus Mance Warner. And these guys, man, this match was insane. It was a no it was, contest. It was a wild for a, for a GCW match. Like, literally, they pulled everything but the kitchen sink out, like, wires and cords and screwdrivers and tables uh, and doors. <laughs> it was a wild time. Oh, and then the oh, gasoline man. moment, which, how, I can't that imagine. Was, oh, man, that was such an incredible moment. used regularly did it, in did it smell like gasoline? It did, because we were up close. We, we definitely smelled it. I was wondering that. I was wondering that, if it smelled like gasoline. It was wild. Xavier, I don't think you saw this, but he was beating down Effie really bad. Like He was like, putting a screwdriver to his bloody head, all these different things, and he goes and he gets gasoline, and he pours gasoline on Effie, and then yeah. Dark She comes out, and Dark She's like, what are you doing? Stop doing this. And then he attacks Dark Sheik and lays Dark Sheik down and then pours gasoline on Dark Sheik. And then Alley Catch comes out. Alley Catch is like, come on, man. What's going on? Stop doing this. And then he lays out Alley Catch. And then he puts gasoline on Alley Catch. And then at this point, the roster just empties. The locker room just empties. And everybody kind of comes out and gets Mance Warner out of there. But he was ready to light up Effie, Alley Catch, and Dark Sheik. All three members of Thrussy about to go up in flames. It was wild. Great storytelling. Really yeah. good storytelling for someone who didn't even really know the story. I thought it was fantastic. Uh, just the pacing and the emotions of the match. Uh, and again, Effie clearly is a homegrown talent on GCW. He gets a great response from the crowd. The crowd's into it. Uh, a lot of, you know, positive LGBTQ support from the crowd. A lot of signs indicating of that. The music, the re- emotions, the reaction. His, his comeback, Effie's comeback in the match was great. Um, drew the emotions from the crowd. I, I was very impressed with the main event. Uh, does d- I don't know what the feed cuts off on, but uh, Nick Gage comes out at the end. I don't know if you, that's part of your pay per view. I don't, know I don't remember. I think it was. Yeah, basically, Nick Gage comes out and goes, Give it up for this tough motherfucker. And then Effie goes, <laughs> So Nick Gage does an MDK chant, and Effie does an MDK chant. <laughs> oh, I don't think I saw that. I don't think that happened. That's that cool. might be just for the for the audience. That was just for the audience, I think. Yeah. Uh, and then he and Effie invites Nick Gage to the to the to the show, the brunch show, and he goes, "Yeah, oh, Nick Gage's commentary on Big Gay Brunch and a few matches." Yeah, yeah, that was fun too. I love Nick Gage. I love I love uh, Nick Gage is this big tough convict criminals bad motherfucker you know and he's out there like uh, doing commentary on big gay brunch it's fun 
but yeah, good times, man. What else? Uh, what else uh, were you were you doing out there? So, what did you do after the GCW show? No, it's not after, but like, what's your next event? The next event was a Royal Rumble on, on Saturday. Um, okay, okay. How did that go down? I mean, as far as like being there, getting there, um, like where were you seated, things like that. How was your experience at the Royal? Uh, we were section two eleven, really good seats. Uh, if you follow me at the Comedy on Instagram, you can see some of my. Um, uh, spots from the sign like we had a really good view view of the entrance which i mean for a rumble you kind of need a good view of the entrance that always helps you have yeah. coming out um initial thoughts i thought it was you know there really was no bathroom match on the show like they're really every match was solid they didn't have a lot yeah of it was films. only four matches on the card slim slim card there was four no pre-show match a little bit of each rumble uh just because i had to you know get up and do a few things um but I was able to catch most of the Rumble matches. Obviously, the two matches in between were great. Uh, I had a feeling women's match would open the show, and they'd probably keep the men's match. Yeah, too. I did too. I it's feel like the story, the story yeah. you're telling. I thought then part of me thought like, ah, oh, maybe Roman will kick it off, but we'll see. Um, you know, women's yeah, but match, you want to space out those Rumble matches as far as possible. You need to absolutely, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, so let's get into the women's rumble match. Um, I really enjoyed that. I feel like the women's rumble was the match of the night. It was my favorite. It was, it was emotional. It was emotional roller coaster. Um, Naomi comes back as number two. It was funny because we were sitting here, my wife and I were sitting here watching it and it goes, and I'm like, that sounds familiar. And then she's like, I think that's Naomi, bro. And I was like, holy shit, that's Naomi. And then she came out and it was really cool. It was awesome to see Naomi come out. And then uh, number four was TNA Knockouts champion Jordan Grace, yeah. which was great. But one thing that, Pratik, you don't know, which just filled my heart with so much joy, is they acknowledged the history. They said Jordan Grace is the one that beat Naomi for the TNA Knockouts title. I was like, wow. It, so I went TNA back history and watched the uh, – I, I watched part of the live event uh, on Peacock. Uh, nice. See some of the commentary, and I do think, again, if you remember, we had Mickey James appear a couple of years ago. Yeah, they was it last year? She had the title. No, it was a 2022, if I'm not mistaken. Okay, uh, okay. But she acknowledged the title. They acknowledged the title. If you yeah. notice, in the two years ago, they didn't say they just said Impact Champion. They didn't say Impact Wrestling. Where <laughs> this year, again, under the tutelage of and the leadership of Triple H. We're, you know, making this person feel special, not like a who are you? Like, no, this is a champion, just faced Naomi. Felt it felt like a legit, like, you know, I don't want to use the word forbidden door, but it felt like okay, Mickey James, the silly and stupid. (laughs) I mean, I do think there is, I do think it's overused. I'll say that. Yeah, it is. You know, I know these patients is jealous. It's overused and overhyped. I don't know. Does this open the door? I don't know about AEW, but to me, like... They're friends. WWE and TNA are friends at this point. Very friendly. WWE and TNA, I would love for some New Japan guys to come over, even if it's just NXT. Like, I do think there's something to... Like that time Juice and Thunder Liger came over. Exactly. And that was great and cool and quick and... Yeah. The thing that I find funny about this whole thing is sending somebody over like Jordan Grace, because Jordan Grace is a star. Sending Jordan Grace to to the Blair Rumble. She's going to get there. She's going to take one look backstage, and she's going to be like, this is great. I quit TNA. (laughs) 
<laughs> you know, I like she doesn't want to be there. Or is What's she that? a free agent soon? Or was she? No, I think agent? she just resigned. I think you're right. Yeah, I, I think, think she, she did. She, no, I she think just came being back. Strategic with she took a break. Yeah. She took a break and she just came back. Like, she just came back. Uh, I think they're going to be strategic. And that's why part of me thinks maybe Boost would be good too, because he just resigned and he's loyal to TNA. Yeah. You know, someone like you, Wayne, not, you may never see Moose in WWE. So that would be someone to come over. I want them to send over Rhino. Yeah. Or Nick you won't Nick. see him, though. Nick Nemeth? Oh, Nick no Nemeth. way, dude. No way. There's no yeah. way. Like, will you bring him in as Nick Nemeth? Oh, yeah. Maybe bring back Heath. Yeah, where's Heath? Yeah, where is Heath? He's like, so I'm excited about this working relationship. I mean, who knows what we'll see? Who knows what else? Yeah, maybe we'll get a TNA world title match at WrestleMania. I doubt that. But. We also have such good, good TNA legends in the backstage. Abyss. Yeah, exactly. Wait, no, Jeff Jarrett's not there. No, he's yeah, he's not. Styles. He was for a minute. You have AJ Styles, Abyss, <laughs> PD Williams. Yes, Nick. Uh, what's his face? Nick Aldis. Nick Aldis is there. Yeah, yeah. Dixie Carter was there for one time just to visit. For one time. Just to say hey, hi. Um, what's his name? Adam. You say Adam Pierce, or did I get that? Did I miss you? I wouldn't say he was a TNA guy. He, wouldn't, he wasn't a TNA. I mean, he was there for a second, but I would, I would, I would say he's more of a Ring of Honor guy. Yeah, but, definitely a Ring of Honor. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, but uh, so, so uh, the women's rumble. Um, let's see what else happened. Um, I thought, I thought having Natalia kick it off with Naomi because they both have a history. Yeah, I thought it was Natalia a good. I think just the really, I, yeah, I Natalia got the heel going because you have returning face. It was perfect. You had perfect foil for Naomi. It was good, and Natalia does know how to make people look good. So she's you could great. love her or hate her, but she's great for Natalia's the best. I mean, she's the best in the business, really. She's honestly, so good. She's so good, and hopefully, she gets her flowers and feels. You know, I really hope she does at some point. She's incredible. She's incredible, and it, and it's almost like a. How do I explain this? Like when I saw her come out as one, like it's almost like a warm feeling, like it's comforting. You're like, oh, it's Natalia. Like, all right, yeah. like that's how we're kicking this off, you know? So mm-hmm. it was a good way to start. The pacing in the women's match was yes. I know you could talk about how oh AJ Lee didn't show up, this part, Sasha Banks didn't show up, but still there was there was great pacing to the Rumble. You know, for women, you didn't need you almost you didn't need AJ Lee and Sasha. Didn't need because it nice. I feel like AJ Lee would have took away from CM Punk's return. I think that would have taken away from CM Punk's first match back. It would have taken away from poor Jade Cargill. It would have overshadowed Jade Cargill. So I'm glad in that regard. Like the spacing of the big names, the faces coming out. Yeah, this is the psychology was really good. That was Uh, Jade Cargill's. Uh, WWE, not just main roster NXT, her, her just her WWE debut. Yeah, it was. It was wild. She had such wild. a great showing, you know. Jade Cargo, like it's, it was cool, crazy because, like, you know, going into it, I'm like, oh, Jade will probably be in there. By the time we get down to 27, I totally forget about her, you know. And then they go, "A storm is coming." A storm and is coming. Kid Cargill, holy shit, dude! She looked like a million bucks. And then Jade was this moment where Jade. Picked up Naya on her shoulders. She looked at the hard cam like, yeah, I did that. And then she fucking tossed her. Yep. Because oh, they had also they done a good job building Naya as a monster heel. She threw and over then she, people. The crowd wasn't into her. And then Jade comes oh, in with the, the perfect Jade time. Jade picked her up. Yeah. And just 
threw her over the top rope like nothing. And then Naya was like in shock. And then Jay was standing there and then the camera pans over and Becky has her jaw to the ground. It was that was a really funny moment. No, they, they did a good job. The the super again, it's so challenging. You're doing this battle royal, you're getting thrown over the top, blah, blah, blah. Then you also have to, you know, play to the camera when you have to, which is it's all about improv and timing and remembering kind of lines. It's 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 such a complex dance. People don't think yeah. of um, yeah, and I love the stare down. I thought Bianca and Jade, you, they, there was a little tease there. Jade oh, was... over Becky Lynch, so you get the moment of is that because you know, Rumble Dude, yes. are started from Rumble. So, is are they teasing maybe Becky and Jade? Maybe is that where they're going? You know, I, I feel know. like Bianca and Jade was like Hogan Warrior. I yeah. think that's a great <laughs> match. I don't know if this mania necessarily needs it, but yeah, I that's think what everybody's that's... saying. That's what everybody's saying. Maybe Jade's not ready. I don't know, but I I would say it's not about Jade not being ready. I just I don't know if it's needed this mania. There's so many other. You need Jade to just have a good, strong like just throw somebody around and just like squash them in five minutes. That's what Jade needs. To to kind of get her started. There's so much time to do Bianca and Jade. We don't need to rush. Yeah, we don't need to rush. It'd be cool though. Well, good because he's an AEW. Roosh. <laughs> uh, Bailey came out at number three, and then she ended up going the distance and winning the whole dang thing. Good for Bailey. Great moment yeah, for yeah. Bailey. Well deserved. Bailey kind of needed a big win, in my opinion. Deserves um, the win. Deserves. The crowd the was win. the crowd was definitely on Bailey's side for for the win. Nobody she was. Broke the, she broke the record of the longest uh, participant in a women's rumble. That's so cool. Good for her, man. It, it, it's really heartwarming. It, it was a, a feel good moment. You know, the 63, lap. sorry, 63 minutes and three seconds. Well, records, you know, and, and Rhea had the record before, but again, records are made to be broken. Maybe somebody will beat it next year. You never know. Yeah. The last of the four horsewomen kind of getting her, uh, getting their flowers. Yeah. Her Eight just flowers. due. Yeah. Like, yeah, you're absolutely right about that. It, it felt good. It was a feel good win and, and it was good. It wasn't one of those where you're like, uh, like, I guess. Like, it was like, cool. Like, Hell yeah. Funny is, uh, was, she's a heel and the crowd's on her side. It's amazing. Yeah. It's funny because Bailey is always the last four horsewomen to get her flowers. She was the last one that got called up. Oh. I mean, I will say she did. I mean, she retained the Raw Women's Championship at 33. Uh, she did yeah. have some. some yeah, stuff. she's done some stuff. Some good she stuff. Really stuff. But, she, but she, she needed a good, like, she, she, I mean, since damage control, she really hasn't won any big titles. Or yeah, she needs to put herself back on the map. This is it. She's on yeah, the roof. This is absolutely it. Uh, the alliance with Asuka and, and Kyrie was great too when they were all three in there at the same time. It was great. Yeah, and the Kyrie. And, they all got, and then they got eliminated back to back, Asuka and Kyrie. Now. And then Bailey's like, we had a plan. What about the plan? And Kyrie had that great spot where she's clutching the back oh, of the apron, she's yeah. holding on. Reverse. Um, Chelsea Green was a star in this match. Love it. Love Chelsea. Just getting, Green. Just getting knocked around. Piper accidentally jumping on her. Piper like, and Nia have that great. big meaty, big meaty uh, women moment. You know. Yeah, yeah. I'd like to see a Piper and uh, 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 Nia. You know, just just big big women. You know, just hey. I'll, I'm down. We had NXT uh, first timers. Roxanne Perez and Roxanne one of my Perez, personal favorites, correct. Tiffy yeah. Time, Tiffany Stratton. I really hope Tiffy gets called up. I, hope, I want to see Tiffany on SmackDown tomorrow night. She's or whatever a star, night. dude. Roxy, nah, too. She is. 
Yeah, I want to see Tiffany's trying to get called up. She deserves yeah. it. She is up there. That Great match with, with her, crowd, that match she had with Becky was incredible. Oh yeah. The uh, we're talking about the NXT. God, what was that? I don't know. It was women's title match at some point. Stand and deliver. I don't even know. I uh, let's see. Liv Morgan. Liv Morgan made her return. The, there was a the spot. 30, yeah. There was a spot. One of my favorite spots in this Rumble. Uh, Valhalla, Valhalla was coming out, uh, and halfway uh-huh. during her entrance, our truth started coming out. And then she was like, "What are you doing?" Right. And then he gets into the ring, and and Nia Jax throws him out. And then as as he's getting up, and the referees are getting him and everything, she gets in the ring and she gets tossed out quickly. And she looks at him. She looked at him like an animal, like a predatory animal. And she started like going a little bit like like a cat was about to strike yeah. and and as she like lunged towards truth a bunch of referees grabbed her and like truth didn't even see her and she's behind him about to murder him and he's just like oh walking away all happy and shit it was great that was a great uh segment or whatever you want to call it spot that put over know. her character oh, the so crowd funny. was I, the our truth can do no wrong in my opinion so funny yeah. it's been around forever i still remember when he came in and he was doing we get rowdy with road dog Oh yeah. yeah, I remember that. Uh, I remember well, when he's NWA World Champion. Okay. <laughs> yeah, uh, fantastic. Ron Killings, our truth, always a uh, you know nice, entertaining. The stuff he's doing with Judgment Day is great. Elevates uh, their story, also. Treasure. He's yeah, that was a great moment for the Rumble. Uh, uh, you, you know, I had a feeling that it was going to be if you weren't going to get you know an AJ or a Sasha Banks, you know, it had to be a returning face. If you notice, both Rumbles had. A returning face, baby face at number thirty, and it was great react because Liv is great. Yeah. You know, I'm always Liv is awesome. No, she really is. She's come so far. Yeah, and with all the weed shit, you know, it was unfortunate. Yeah, good for her to be able to be like, you yeah. know what? Here's my Rumble entry. You know, good for her. Mm-hmm. Yes, absolutely good for her. Great Rumble overall. Uh, my final thoughts: well paced. Uh, the, the eliminations made sense. The alliances made sense. Beyond, all your big main eventers had good showings, good moments. Uh, no one really just came in and started stomping. Like, everybody got a noticeable, like, hey, I'm here, motherfuckers. And that's kind of how Rumble should be paced, is someone makes an entrance, they got to they gotta get a little time to shine, as they say. Uh, and Absolutely. I think, yeah, whoever is putting together the, the women's Rumble, just women matches in general, they're just, they're just, they're killing it. Yeah. 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 I hope streaky. they get to headline another rumble. You know, like it seems like the only women's rumble to headline was the was the first one. Yeah, it was a, it was a good uh, it was a good rumble, and for me, it was probably the the match of the night for me personally. Like, it was. I completely, I completely agree on that one. Yeah, it was it was the match of the night. Yeah, and it was match of the night two years in a row. But I think this should have been the main event. But I understand what they needed to do. At the I end understand of the why they could do. Yeah, this had this couldn't be the main event, unfortunately. But it was a great match. Uh, yeah. Again, the women's division is killing it, and the only women's match on the card. So. Yeah. No, you're right. You're right. But I mean, I mean, there wasn't a lot of uh, a lot of matches to be had that night. Uh, next match was, of course, uh, <laughs> Roman Reigns. I was field. I was surprised that that they put Roman in the number two spot and not the number three spot. Honestly. Yeah, I wonder if they wanted a cool down between uh, 
you know, Roman and the Rumble. Uh, to me, it didn't really matter. All, all both of the, the two non-Rumble matches were great. And I feel like the way you described GCW uh, was this show. It was nonstop. It was just go, go, go. And it was just solid action the whole time. Yeah. Yeah. No breaks. And no breaks. Kind of like this Rumble, in my opinion, too. Mm-hmm. No real breaks. Um, you know, LA Knight seems to be getting great face reactions. The crowds, I mean, just noticing in the arena, even before the show, so many, yeah, like just like yeah. the, <laughs> the kids are into it. <laughs> The adults are into it. The nerds are into it. Everybody's into it. I'm into it. Yeah. Uh, the Slim Jim, for those wondering, <laughs> they brought, I don't know if this was noticeable on Peacock, but they brought back Slim Jim uh, in the arena. Like, everybody was like actually chanting. It was one of the few times the WWE Universe was enjoying the sponsorship. It was like, yeah, Slim Jim, you know, which. Everybody was so happy they were back. Yeah. I was happy because to me, they lose the Slim Jim sponsorship. I'm, I feel for LA Knight and Bianca because they're that Slim Jim money that they deserve, rightfully and so. And then, uh, sorry, Pratik. They didn't do anything for... wrong. Why do they get their paychecks, you know, affected by that? That's Just to why. answer, Pratik, what you said earlier, uh, the women's Rumble match was produced by TJ uh, Wilson, Kenny Dykstra, and Jason Jordan. Wow. I'm not surprised by that at all. TJ Wilson, if you watched any interviews with him lately, he does a lot of stuff with Chris Van Lee. I believe he did... Some, I, I don't remember who else he's interviewed for, but yeah, he's enjoying producing, and I think he's putting on great uh, events for the women. Like he really is. Yeah, I think he's. I think he's took over as head of for the women. Yeah. Yeah, and he's really doing a good job. He's really pacing those. I mean, again, I went to War Games, women's War Games match, two years in a row, way better than the men. So again, like just. And then we haven't really acknowledged this. I don't think people really acknowledge this, but I, I don't really know the the details. But I believe. That TJ and Natty have a, have a wrestling school and it's called Workhorse, and they've been recently training with Jade there. And there's a few other people that have, that have been, uh, you know, videos and pictures of them training at Workhorse, uh, which is super super rad. Is it like a I new think, dungeon essentially? Yeah, it's like the new yeah. dungeon. Yeah, and uh, if there's anybody that I want people to go learn from, it's Natty and TJ. I agree. Yeah, the 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 the, the, the wisdom tree. Did you see the video that surfaced of Jade uh, doing an old Owen Hart spot? Yes. Oh, that was cool. Natty posted it. I look forward to that in the actual <laughs> in the event. <laughs> yeah, right, right, right. Absolutely. Um, what did you guys think of the Fatal Forward? It, it was, was good. It was good. It was just <sighs> like it was just decent. You know, it wasn't anything spectacular. It felt longer than it went. I think it was only fifteen minutes. It felt so fast for me, like watching live. I feel like it was done before I knew it, but it was cool, I think, to showcase, you know, all four talents. Yeah. And, you know, it was done before I knew it. But we all knew we it. We all four deserved go. it. Yeah. It was good. It was a good match. Roman snuck out with the win. You know, Solo was there, obviously. Mm. Um, and that happened. So it's like, well, what's going to happen? Who's going to interfere? And Solo did. <laughs> We all knew how it was going to go, but I think yeah. it was cool. They had those those cool elements of like, uh, you know, the first, you know, the first strike where all three go against Roman. Like, I, I think it, it was a good storytelling, you know, situation. Good storytelling. The entrances took a while, but man, like once Oof. they got going, it was. I, I love about Fatal Four Ways the car wreck element of it, like just bodies flying everywhere, yeah. and mm-hmm. the diversity of performers. You know, Randy Orton's style is different than AJ Styles. LA Knight's different than Roman. You know, you have all these different styles converging. No pun intended. 
And Dolph just, Clash, if you will. <laughs> oh. And again, like the moments of Randy's been firing on all cylinders since his return at Survivor Series. Like, oh, he's, he's so yeah, he's so RKO's looks great. I mean, he looks great. He looks cut way more. Him and AJ both look way more. Cut. You know what? You know what somebody said on Twitter that was crazy is that Roman was the least jacked person in that match. Oh, <laughs> I mean, he's at home. And you I was know? like, dang, that's he's true. In the work, <laughs> getting the reps. It is what it is. I was also noticing, um, you know, being in the arena, you could notice, you could just kind of stare at Heyman. I don't know if anyone else knows. Like, Heyman is so, it's so interesting, his facial reactions during a Roman Reigns match. Yeah. Yeah, he's performing yeah, the entire like when time. when Brock was wrestling, too. Like, just him as this advocate character, how he plays his role in these matches. It's amazing. Uh, I encourage people, go back and watch the Goldberg-Brock Lesnar's, uh, the, the, Squash match from Survivor Series 2016. And you'll see Heyman. Just go back and watch Heyman's face during it. His reaction yeah. to the role. He's like, no, please. Ah, oh, I mean, Heyman, Heyman's half the sh- You know, he makes it. He's half the half. Yeah, he is. He's really good. That's, yeah, you're right, though. Like, the question, question is okay. Sure. So, and what's great is everybody had a moment, multiple moments in this match. No one looked weak. Uh, I'm very yeah. glad LA Knight did not take the pin. If anyone should have taken the pin, I'm glad it was AJ uh, and not LA Knight. But yeah, AJ's bulletproof at this point. Yeah, and also to me, LA Knight is on the rise. You're building LA Knight, Randy Orton, to something. The question I pose to you is, what do you do with them at Mania now? You know, right? What do you do with those guys at Mania? I feel like Solo has run through LA Knight, Randy Orton. AJ now, so it's like you can't do. I guess Randy Orton hasn't faced Solo. I guess uh, you could do Solo AJ at WrestleMania, yeah. They faced each other on SmackDown. You know? Oh yeah, you're right. La Knight just faced mm-hmm. Solo on SmackDown too, so it's like, what do you do? What do you do? You give La Knight, you know, Logan Paul. That's what a lot of people are. Well, La Knight was left off WrestleMania last year, so I mean, who knows? You know, maybe the same. How could you say you really want your? I'm just saying, like I don't see where he fits into any picture. You can't. You he's so old right now. It would be it would be a it would be a tragic fallacy. It would be uh good to see him. Not only should LA Knight be on the show, he should have a strong singles win on on. Yeah, yeah. I think Logan Paul. I think beating Logan Paul for the US title. Would be a good thing for Elliot. That'd be a good thing. I also don't think you need Logan Paul does need a title to me. He is a title kind of match. He's a very high profile person. I think there's stuff there with that. I mean, the Owens story isn't done, which we can kind of get to with the Owens match. But you know, I don't think Ellie Knight Logan Paul need to be for a title. So I saw yesterday online that apparently after the Roman Reigns match, when um, Roman Reigns and, and Paul Heyman were getting back into Gorilla. When uh, the next match was getting ready to go out to the ring, uh, Paul Heyman passed by Logan Paul and said, follow that motherfucker. <laughs> Good old Paul. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Good old Paulie. Uh, Xavier, you were uh, away for a bit. I want to ask you, what do you do with someone like an LA Knight or a Randy Orton or an AJ Styles? Because clearly we know they may not make it to the title picture for Mania, but what else do you do with them? What, what are your thoughts? You know, I, I would still try to keep – I would keep Orton as more of an attraction. I, I would keep AJ Styles in the title hunt. Um, LA Knight, uh, you know, 
Sam might have a point. It might be good to kind of send him over into the U.S. title picture and kind of have him have his own, you know, trajectory. Um, we're not talking about the world title, are we? Or oh, were we're not, we no. at some point? Well, here's my thing. I just kind of had this theory and I wanted to throw it at you guys with, you know, Punk being hurt and Seth essentially being hurt. In my mind, I was like, vacate the title and have the chamber match be for the world title. You yeah, there you go. There. You can throw Drew McIntyre in there. McIntyre would be an easy win, but, you know, maybe that would be somewhere where LA Knight can kind of flourish in the world title picture. Uh, so, I don't know. Dude, I'm so sick of Drew McIntyre. He's so complaining. And he's just, <laughs> uh, oh, my God. Drew McIntyre a little bit because he pops up in the rumble. He pops up in Raw, and there's some stuff they're doing with him. I don't want to get ahead of myself, but I do yeah. like idea if – in fact, Seth can't compete, which they seem to be not clear on. They keep mm-hmm. one week they're saying he's, I don't know if I can make it. Then he's going, I am going to make it. Then there's some stuff that happened on this Raw that we can get into when we get to it. But it's like, and then on top of that, it's like, well, what about the 30 day rule? But then there is no 30 day rule because of a Roman. So yeah, it's like, oh, Seth is injured for three months. WWE makes rules to then break them. Yeah, yeah. they, yeah. Very convoluted. They, they, yeah, work yeah. yourself into a hole. We'll yeah. see. It's very weird. So uh, it's I like... did enjoy this match, though. I think we all knew going in, Roman wasn't going to lose. Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And again, you're lose. putting it on second. The, everybody's like, oh, the Rock's going to come out. I'm like, they wouldn't have put this match on second. No. <laughs> yeah, it would have been last. Absolutely. Yeah, it, it served its purpose. It was quick. And... I don't think the Rock is scheduled. I don't think Roman's scheduled to be in. Uh, Australia for Elimination Chamber. So to me, I, yeah, also I it doesn't make sense. Really Everybody's rumoring and saying that Rock Roman will happen in a chamber. Wow. I don't think it's going to happen in a chamber. If it's going to happen, no. it's going to happen. It's too soon. It's too soon to have a chamber. And they won't put Rock in the chamber match. No, there's no, no way Rock, not even not even in a singles match, not even in a singles match. Rock's not going to fight Australia for a match. No. If anything, so what I was thinking was having Cody lose the Rumble and then somehow having Cody win the title from Roman at Elimination Chamber, and then Roman goes on to face The Rock at WrestleMania. But we, I doubt really The Rock's even going to have a match. Yeah, it's it's well, it's all for not. In my well, opinion. I think they're going to play it. You know, look if you remember two years ago, Austin they did Austin Owens, and there was no mention of an actual match happening. You know what I mean, like they could do some weird like they just do it like eight nine minutes, you know. I mean, they could. I mean, Rock Eric Rowan was announced, and that was <laughs> thirty seconds. They can, yeah. do, they can do kind of a because again, how is the Rock going to be able to do a full forty minute match? You know, without training or like any time he showed up, he's done part. He's done a build. He's been part of Rumble. You know, when he came back, dude. The Rock, of- the Rock comes in with Jacob fought two and Zilla fought two. Win. This is my bloodline. Yo. Maybe a good showcase for Jacob, and I, I'd be happy for Zilla and Jacob. Absolutely. Mm-hmm, yeah, mm-hmm. So cool. I mean, it's too soon for both of them, but that'd be super okay. rad. That'd I think they're going to do something. Rad. Rock will be involved to a degree, and maybe yeah, he'll be involved somehow. He's he's on the team now. He's he's on the board. He's on board that because he's of, on the board. It doesn't have to be at Mania too. You can do it. You know, I don't know where Rumble. I don't know where. Excuse me. I don't know where SummerSlam or uh, Survivor Series. Are. And The Rock, if you remember, he debuted at Survivor Series. So isn't it fitting that his last match potentially is at Survivor Series? 
That's um, crazy. Let's move on it, to the uh, any, uh, yeah. Any thoughts on the U.S. title match? Really? I really liked. Uh, I mean, I don't, I don't know about you, but I liked what they were trying to do with it. Uh, it went pretty quick. I don't think it dragged, which is good. It was a good cool down match, if you will. Uh, I don't yeah. think they should open the show. Uh, and I love. I'm I'm a fan of Owens. Uh, I like what Me he was too. trying to do with Same. it. There was great storytelling with the guy, the 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 Logan Paul lackey coming in, and then Austin Theory and. Uh, Grayson Waller, who I I love Grayson Waller's punchable face. He plays that heel character so well. Just like you know, he he has the moves, he has the keys, he has the tools, and he has that punchable chicken shit heel face. It was perfect. And clearly, they're building to an alliance between Logan Paul and Austin and uh, Grayson. So I think that'll be a great thing for a way for this feud to continue. The question is, do you continue this through Mania, or do you try to end this in Elimination Chamber? I mean, I think Owens takes a title at Mania. Logan Paul's not going to go to Australia. Maybe he will. They haven't announced. Maybe but... he will. I mean, maybe he will. Maybe he has a private jet and he could just stretch out on a couch the whole way. You know? I'm sure he does. Um, I, I, I would also be okay if Owens gets the title from Logan and the Logan just does a match with LA Knight without a title. There, I like how Logan Paul's big thing is, why would a Canadian be the U.S. champion? <laughs> It's very funny. Yeah. So stupid. So stupid. I just like the storyline of that match and the psychology because we all thought as soon as Kevin, like the place erupted when Kevin grabbed the brass knucks and the way the ref counted it out and the drama of that scene was played out. It was perfectly. it was very well played out, yes. yes. I, I saw it coming. I thought it, the ref was going to see the brass knuckles. Because the way he kept him on his hand like that, and he had his hand up in the air, I'm like, the referee's going to see that, and then he did. But of course, I mean, did you really good. think like, yeah, we all we all kind of knew there was going to be shenanigans. We all kind of yeah. knew Owens probably get disqualified, but the way the referee saw it, that moment, it was, it felt, it felt organic. But then see, Kevin Owens is entitled for a rematch because he didn't actually get beat, so they probably will have their match at WrestleMania. They will have another match. Yeah, it depends yeah. when. What about you, Xavier? What did you think of the U.S. title match? It was good. Uh, you know, it was a, maybe a, essentially a filler match, but it was interesting. And, and that spot, yeah, with the brass knucks and the ref and then that crowd pop. And <laughs> yeah, it was good. A lot of, a lot of shenanigans, but uh, it, it's yeah. what you expected. And, and it was a good match. Yeah, it was decent. It was decent for what it was. And then the we, had, uh, we had the big one. We had uh, the Royal Rumble, the men's rumble. I guess they want to call it now. Men's Rumble. The Men's Rumble. Let's see what happened. Patterson Special. Yeah, really. Uh, We started off with the Usos, Jimmy and Jay. That was pretty interesting. I thought that was fun. I love, I I had a strong feeling when Jay was number one. I'm like, oh man, if they do Jimmy, they do Jimmy. That was great. And just their outfits, too. If you notice, they contrasted each other blue versus red, you know. Mm The way they looked at each other, the stare. It's funny though. It's funny though because the SmackDown guy was wearing red and the Raw guy was wearing blue. Well, yeah, good versus evil. Look at that. Yeah. Uh, Number four was uh, the return of Andrade. To got a good good reaction from the crowd. Did you notice his music? Idolo. With El Idolo. Idolo. Yeah, the music was a sore subject for a lot of people on Twitter. We'll get to that later. But Oh, yeah, I do want to talk about that. Uh, next up was Carmelo Hayes. 
Uh, he's credited on Wikipedia as, as an NXT guy, which he is. But yeah. I feel like he's already been on SmackDown for a few weeks now. So that was cool to see Carmelo Hayes in the Rumble, too. Very cool. Very cool. And it's funny, you had like Carmelo Hayes, and then I thought, oh, Braun Breaker's definitely going to show up. But they kind of kept the, they, they debuted Braun Breaker but, or, on Rumble, but they did, they kept them separate. They kept these two adversaries uh, at different points in the Rumble. So to me, it kind of worked out great, you know? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, absolutely. absolutely. You got a good, nice moment. You, a lot of work popped in the arena for, or the stadium for when Lashley worked with Carmelo, because it's like, you know, the, the, you know, these two, these two, you know, guys who are, you know, one's the rookie, one's the veteran. It was it was a great moment from them. Uh, I believe at this point, uh, I believe Dominic was also part. The heels also they 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 started out. I think until like ten or eleven, they did a really good job pacing out the heels versus the baby faces in the in the ordering of who's coming mm-hmm. out. Yeah, I mean, I'm seeing that right now too. It was yeah, mostly heels in the beginning. And then towards the end, it felt like they were uh, okay. We got to go home. And then it felt like they were rushing the, which they've been doing with men's rumbles in the past few years. Uh, Man, Braun Breaker shined in this match. Yeah, he did. Great showing from Mister uh, Bronson uh, Rex Steiner. <laughs> Bronson Reed too. I mean, but yeah, but yeah, Braun he had Breaker he had some cool spots. Shined. Yeah, he really did. They say, you know, they say on the on the internet. I guess uh, maybe it's coming from Dave or somebody that that uh, Brock's name was erased and just replaced with Braun Breaker, and so Braun did all the things that Brock was supposed to do. That's well, yeah, say. Brock was definitely supposed to be in the Rumble, uh, but clearly, but, we, you know. I'll tell you what, though, you can erase Brock's name all you want. Like Braun Breaker, he shined. He did amazing. He was. I mean, he's been due for a day de- a main roster debut for a while, so I thought it was a he's great fast. moment. He's so fast. So fast, he stepped up, man. He's, he's so strong. He's, he's got a great look, very smooth technician. I think, I think they need to do something with him. I think he should stay in the main main roster. I know he's, I know he's in the Dusty Rhodes tag team thing with uh, Baron Corbin. But to me, after that tag team thing, he should that should be after his after WrestleMania. Bring all these people up. Bring up Tiffany. Bring up Carmelo. Bring up Braun. But you don't want to do mass call ups again. You do. Oh, want I want to out. though. I want all these people up. I want all these people up. Well, I'm not saying you have you can't do that. I'm saying you have to spread it out. Though I think I also, think Braun, yeah, you do. I think also, Braun Breaker uh, should come up now. I don't see any reason he can do his last. I think he has one more match with NXT on Saturday. They're doing their pay per view for the Dusty Rhodes Classic, and he should come up. Also, apparently, backstage SmackDown officials were pleasantly surprised uh, at the reaction that Trick Williams got this past Friday night on SmackDown. So, and they're and they're they're tossing around potential WrestleMania headliner for Trick Williams. Jeez, WrestleMania headline. That's what. That's what I mean. That's what they say on the internet. WrestleMania so, main event. Result. Yeah, that's what they're saying. They're saying future WrestleMania headliner, maybe. Oh, okay, future. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Future, yeah, yeah. No, not like tomorrow. I was like he's, he's gonna, gonna be. Uh, he's gonna be in Philly. No, like in like in six years. You know, I I don't see why Braun Breaker can't have a, like I know they were saying that he's gonna work Dominic or something either Elimination Chamber or something. I see no. Yeah, I, I see right. No, I can give him that. somebody easy. Give him a give him a and and you know because Braun was kind of he's kind of a heel in NXT. Giving him someone like a Dominic will really cement that face turn. I think he needs to come in as a white meat monster. Just coming that was in. like the way he came in originally in NXT. Absolutely, yeah. I agree. I liked his original NXT. Uh, you know. I did too. I did too. Yeah. Uh, Pat McAfee at number twenty two comes in uh, <laughs> and then he pulls a Drew Carey and just kind of eliminates himself. 
Okay, so I was really upset about this because I'm like, he's wasting the person's entry, you know? But, like, apparently they continued the next night on Raw where Pat McAfee said he didn't know he was in the Rumble. And so I'm like, okay, I guess then in that case. I don't think you know, he, I think he's keeping a little bit of kayfabe. Clearly, he's a student of the business. This guy trained with Rip Rogers. Probably yeah. what he means to say is he was told that day. So it's not like he can work, you know, a full rumble. Because he walked in in his loafers and shit, you know, yeah. right off the commentary table. That made me think. I'm like, he, he's not ready. He didn't like rip off and do because he the guy can work, man. Yeah. And then it he came in. His, it cheapens his performance. I'm like, oh, you got scared at the Rumble. But it also, it's like he's kind of an attraction novelty wrestler. Anyway. But then, I mean, what would you do if you stepped in the ring and you saw, all you saw was Braun Breaker and Omos? And Omos. I'd jump out of the ring, too. Yeah, I wouldn't, be, yeah, I wouldn't yeah. be anywhere near the ring to begin with. Right. Yeah. Dude, I wouldn't even step in the ring in the first place. Omos got a really good, like, good, like, kind of monster heel reaction from the crowd, too. Yes, he's, he's he not, did. He's he not just getting go away, he's doing well. Um, yeah, I was surprised. He 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 got a good reaction. It was almost like a, like you know, like when he came out, it was a very like oh, you know, so that ominous uh, vibe. Definitely. Yeah, and they, yeah, you're right. And they're treating him more of a of a of a, a spectacle. Like they're they're showing him less often. Yeah, more they, like um, a colossus. Like oh shit, you know. Yeah, he should be treated like a. He shouldn't be there every week. No, keep him like a attraction. Uh, I'm disappointed Kofi uh, did not get any sort of save or moment. He just got tossed out again. I think he gave up. I mean, the last two years they were trying, and then he got injured. So now it's like, you know, what do you do with them? Um, well, what you do yeah, with them. Yeah, but also, it also kind of put over Gunther because he got tossed. He mm-hmm. got tossed, uh, and then he got even tossed up. Well, we'll get we'll get to Raw in a bit. But uh, uh, we go back to Pat McAfee really quick. Yeah. No, we uh, can't. We already went there. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> I, I had read, again, hearsay, grain of salt, but I had read that originally Pat McAfee was supposed to be scared of Brock Lesnar. That was well. I mean, that awesome. that makes sense if Braun Breaker. They're doing the, the exactly the same every same thing, thing but yeah, it was supposed sense. to be Lesnar, and then McAfee's like, "Nope, I'm out of here." So they kind of I mean, well, it was Breaker, so it would have been Lesnar had had Lesner right, right, been, right. Uh, so eh, and imagine Lesnar even almost. Saying, they even went as far as to say it was supposed to be Lesnar versus Dominic at Elimination Chamber, and then Lesnar versus Gunther at Mania, yeah, which is not yeah. happening anymore. That's, so maybe- that, that's the real loss is if we're not getting Gunther and Lesnar. Um, no. You know what though? Like, I'm sorry. Like, Lesnar is forty. Going on forty six years old, like yeah, really, fuck Brock Lesnar. I mean, he's not you know, no, I'm not. Lost. No one is like, oh, we need Brock Lesnar. Yeah, no, here. a lot of people online are. We may never see him again. He's not fuck that him. big of a loss. He's not. Well, like, we've been we've yeah, been over him since 2012, dude. We, yeah. I, I will say, I, I like the cowboy stuff. The moment where he lifted the ring with the tractor was very funny. Yeah, there was moments. Uh, yeah, there were moments. Um, he was. If good. he had to go, he went out on SummerSlam, which is kind of his pay per view. And he went over. And he also, went putting he over went out on his back. Yeah. Yep. Like a cowboy. Yeah, he did it. He yep. did his job, man. I feel like he was done around the pandemic, and then they brought him back. Yeah. Whatever. He was ready. To, he was ready yeah. to be done. He literally said, "My last match with uh with uh, Drew in the empty arena. I my first wrestling match was in an empty gym. I'm happy to go out in an empty arena. I had no problem." Should have been and he stuck around for three more years, yeah. Well, Vince, well, clearly Vince dangled some really untimely shit, too. <laughs> oh, my gosh. That's uh, awful, man. That's so bad. bad. 
Uh, yeah. Um, no, but good showing for Braun. Good showing for I, I like the spot with you. Kind of yeah, and I, yeah. We had this moment where it was like Carlito and Santos and Andrade. You had all these like strong Latino wrestlers, Dominic, all in the ring at the same time. They were they were really like making these good moments with uh, you know minority wrestlers. Same with the women's match. You had three black. Dominic players. is really like developing well. Wow, he is. I know I people talk, hate Dominic, but I, to me, he's playing into he's doing exactly what he needs to do as a heel. He, he's and he he's found, good. He finally like, found. Him. I honestly like we were watching. My wife and I were watching, and I honestly like, wow, I can't believe I'm saying this, but Dominic is really good. Yeah, for he there knows exactly spot, what he needs to do. There was a spot in the Rumble where our Truth came out, and <laughs> Dominic was kind of getting beat up a little bit, and our Truth is like, tag me, tag me. And we had our very and Dominic even dove towards him, and we had our very first hot tag in Royal Rumble history. In a Royal Rumble, goddamn Truth being the pioneer of the Rumble. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Truth is amazing, man. Dominic, though, I can't believe it. He's just doing really good. But yeah, yeah. throwing over Braun Breaker too. A lot of people were uh, a lot of people were disappointed with this rumble. A lot of people, a lot of people online were like, "There was no surprises. There was this. There was that." I was happy with it. We had a lot of main event top tier talent. We had good a showcase lot of, for the roster as well. Good so. showcase for the roster. We had a lot of people intermingling that we weren't really wouldn't normally see. But it was got, a good, time, a good showing man. too. Uh, I was maybe there were a few lulls. I think when the Miz came in, there were just a few low, slow moments. But overall, yeah, it was a fine rumble. Uh, I felt like maybe they were rushing some of the entries at the end. Uh, but it was, it was. I think overall, like it was a good showcase for the roster. We're not here to just have part timers. We're here to have roster moments. Again, yeah. CM Punk made his made his moments count as well. It's unfortunate what happened after the Rumble, but you know, in that moment for CM Punk, look, he kind of ended his career with that Royal Rumble in in 2024, or 20, excuse me, 2014. He came back at the Royal Rumble, uh, got a great reaction from the crowd, uh, and took. Like some really brutal moves. Like he was, he was bumping and feeding for Gunther and Drew. Like taking a really stiff power bomb. Go back and watch. Uh, great moments. Um, and again, the promo on Monday Raw leading into that go home show. Fantastic from Cody and 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 CM Punk. And it made you want to believe. You know, again, those promos that sell the premium live event or the pay per view. You needed yeah. that emotion from Punk. You know, and again, going back and watching because I didn't see that in the live show. I saw that on the on the TV, Punk saying, I didn't come back 10 years to lose to Dusty's kid. Fantastic emotional moment. You're not just going to get that from any old person. That takes a veteran. That takes... And then Cody says, I'm not Dusty's kid anymore and tosses Punk out. Fantastic. Great bit of storytelling. Um, And again, those shots of Punk afterwards uh, when he's losing. like The way they played that off, having both champions in the box seats as well, uh, you know, I know Kevin Dunn's not there, but again, WWE does know how to shoot drama and knows how to shoot the drama and emotions of a wrestling match. Oh, what did you guys think of them putting those clocks on the screen? I thought that was a nice touch. Yeah. The clock. The how yeah, long, the, how long been people in. have been in. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, that was cool. Yeah. Yeah, that, that was a nice That was a nice addition. That was really cool. A nice uh, touch. Was now that, now that... at home, uh, but the C4 sponsored the timer. Loved it. That yeah, was cool. I liked it too. And did I you like know like, when it, it got like to a little, four, the a little thing four, at four? But yeah. yeah. Okay, so that, that was, was noticeable with you guys too, right? Yeah, yeah that I was popped fine. every I time. Was... I was like, oh, you know. Me Makes too. me want to yeah. try C4. I enjoyed it. 
I I'm gonna try some C4 and diarrhea tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, I've never had a C4. So I'll, I'll join you. Yeah. yeah, I never have either. But uh, all three of us later. next next episode. Yeah, let's get some C4. C4s. Not this late at night and popping a C4. I gotta work at five o'clock <laughs> in the morning. Well, maybe you do need <laughs> to. Yeah, we'll uh, we'll do a C4 in the morning in the afternoon. Yeah, we'll do a watch along and we'll all pop a C4. <laughs> Hell yeah, I'll be pop in the mood. We'll be uh. Um, were you guys uh, – now? so a lot of people were like, oh, I knew Cody was going to win. How many of you honestly thought Cody was going to win? I thought it was a very nice shock, very nice surprise. I, thought I, mean, I figured Cody was going to win. I was hoping Punk would win. I thought but Punk I figured Cody was going to win. I thought Punk was winning through and through. I Something just told me he wasn't – he was going to come down to the final four, but something told me he wasn't. Just, I, I feel like Cody shouldn't have won, though, because – Give him more adversity, right? Give him a way, a chance to win his main event WrestleMania match in Chamber. Okay. Yeah. Oh, so I don't know if we want to touch on Raw, but let's first let's get to there because it, the Raw makes a statement for why he might be in the Chamber. But I will get to that later. I just want to get final thoughts mm-hmm. from you guys on this Rumble, a four match Rumble. Wow, it was a four for match over Rumble. an hour. I felt I felt like the women's match, like I said earlier, was an emotional roller coaster. It was such feel good moments. It was just all these different good moments. Surprises that were really in the fun. women's rumble, yeah. And the men's rumble was it was very solid. It was star studded, yeah. and it was fun. And I think everything between was was the same. So I give it overall. I really enjoyed the night as a whole. Yeah, it was it was a good rumble. The women's rumble for sure, you know, took the cake. Um, but it wasn't like. So sometimes you'll watch a UFC or me, I'll watch a UFC fight. It's fucking one thirty in the morning. It goes to a decision and it's not how you wanted it to go. Sometimes WWE pay-per-views feel that way for me, but this rumble, like as it ended, I wasn't like, uh, you know, I wasn't, you know, uh, let down. So it was good. It was good for what it was. And it was a surprise. I was pleasantly surprised because I thought Punk was going to take it and Cody took it and it just makes for an, a more interesting like scenario for Mania. It's an interesting yeah. stat for Cody. I mean, like he mentioned, like there's only three people that have had back to back rumbles. Yeah, so that's cool too, you know. And he deserves it. Someone like Cody, and it's a cool, you know, added I mean, to the that. Show. Puts him that puts him with Hulk Hogan, Stone Cold Steve Austin, and Shawn Michaels. There you go. It's fucking cool. So yeah, in hindsight, it's cool. Yeah, it was a good. Yeah, yeah it was a good. But rumble. imagine, really? imagine if uh, if Punk would have won the rumble. And the next day, he had to come out and say, "You don't have to pull out for my WrestleMania main event match. I can't do it." And that's when they would go, "Okay, elimination chamber match. Cody wins." Do you think they pulled an audible? Uh, I don't know. I know. I don't, I don't think they. Well, that's interesting. Like Punk called it in the ring. Like Punk said, "Throw me I'm out because hurt. I just I just tore my fucking but arm." That, to me, the reason I don't think. It was an audible. It was because you had that shot of Roman right there. What they man, they they knew to sneak Roman in the box ahead of time. It makes sense that Roman was there for that Cody moment. When Cody. when WrestleMania, I mean, sorry, when Royal Rumble went off the air, it felt to me clearly that Cody picked Roman. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. So maybe they're swerving you. Who knows? But that would suck too. I well, don't know. so Monday they. Monday. Monday at Raw, Seth Rollins delivers a promo. I'm sure you guys might have watched. Yeah, it. I read about it. Or I saw it's the- a fantastic promo. It was, it was a great promo. It gave it. It makes me more confused than ever. <laughs> I like how they're really playing it close to the chest of Seth Rollins' injured. They're really 
Like, is yeah. it pick me, Kelly? Pick me. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. No, I don't the know. Way I he don't... It, it, it's just it was good storytelling of hey, you don't know what's gonna happen. Is he gonna is he gonna go to the chamber and try to win both matches? Like, is I that... felt also like Seth was very pandery. Like, come on, Cody, this is the Dusty Rhodes title. If Dusty was alive, this is the title he would want to go for. And I'm like, come on, dude, don't don't try to do that. I mean, he's doing it, but it does make sense. There's nothing. There's nothing incorrect about what Seth is saying. There is truth to that. It is the world. But Roman's title is the title. That's the one that has the history. That's the one that people coveted. Oh, I'm not saying he should go for that. I mean, it makes Mm -hmm. me think maybe he's going to run for both. There's no re. There's two nights of Mania. He could have two. That'd be wild if you want, especially if if WWE decided that Seth couldn't uh, participate in Royal Rumble, and so they said. Uh, chamber match, right? For like you said, for the title at Chamber, and Cody wins, and then Cody goes into Roman or to WrestleMania as champion versus champion. That'd they can neat. do that. They can also do it for the right to face Seth, or yeah, they, they could do a triple threat. They could do what they did with um, with uh, Charlotte uh, and Ronda and Becky, and do a winner take all. Uh, it's interesting because they just united the titles and created new titles, so it really doesn't make sense. But yeah, there is imagine, something. To imagine winning. WrestleMania no. night two goes off the air and Cody's holding up both titles. That'd both belts. I think that would be great. I think that'd be a great moment for him. And then Damian Priest music hits, Money in the Bank, one, two, three. Damian Priest leaves with both belts. <laughs> Whoa. Yeah, I bet that Cody, would, that I bet would be Cody. Cody doesn't leave WrestleMania as champion. Damian Priest does. Wow. That'd be a good swerve. Yeah. Cody finally finally gets his title and he loses it like three seconds later. To Judgment Day. To, to, to Judgment Day. To all of them. <laughs> yeah, they're all the champion. <laughs> Dominic, Dominic's the world champion. <laughs> Rhea. Rhea's the world champion. I mean, I can see that. But yeah, I'm excited. I really am. Uh, uh, you know, so with with a certain person uh, gone, uh, remember, remember, like you know, in the past few years, when somebody gets released, you you go, you go, oh, this person's free. You know, I feel like that. I feel like that about the WWE now. I feel like the WWE is free now, and I'm super excited. The possibilities are endless, right? Triple H has full reign. He could he could be friends with TNA. He could talk to other companies. He could do whatever he wants. And I'm just excited to see where we go from here. I think it'll be, they're really trying to play into this, you know, Triple H mentioned it after the Mania last year, Mania 39, about like, you know, episodic storytelling chapters. I think they're really going to try to make you not know where Cody's going to go. And I like this, you know, it keeps you invested in next week. Uh, yeah. I was really happy with that Raw. I actually got, I, I was too. I uh I wanted to I was like I'm you know there was a bit of a scheduling thing where I was supposed to be in Orlando Monday night that didn't happen so I said you know fuck it it's in Tampa let me go to a Raw and I'll mention this a lot of people don't know it was my first ever Monday night Raw in attendance I've never been to a Monday night Raw I've only been to Smackdowns and oh Outdoors. interesting so I picked a really good Raw to go to one I was like well first I was like okay Punk's gonna be there yeah then when I found out about the injury and how everybody was reporting I'm like. Well, he's got to be there. He's got to do some sort of like promo or something. And then literally yeah. when his music hits, 
And he comes out the sling. I'm like, ah, no. Yeah. Um, fantastic promo, though. Very emotional. Tugged on the heart. So, again, you know, we have our backstage uh, opinions of Punk, and you can say what you want, but the man can draw money, and the man knows how to evoke real emotions, bringing realness back to professional wrestling. A, a world that is full of scripting, and Punk brings out realness. He, he gets you to feel things. You know what I'm going to say about my feelings about him real quick is despite whatever happened in AEW, I feel like he feels like it's a fresh start and he's rejuvenated again and he's happy and I'm I'm happy that he's back in WWE. I'm happy he's back. Uh, I don't like all these fragile Phil, uh, you know, Edge when Edge It's returned, funny though. It's funny though. It, <laughs> these are the same wrestling fans that there's a group on Facebook with 12,000 plus people in it called Crispin Waffles frame. So that should tell you the logic of wrestling. <laughs> oh, I saw. Yeah, no, I, wrestling fans are terrible. I, I, all wrestling fans are awful. Uh, I was, I saw this exchange on Twitter with one wrestler. I don't remember, you know, indie wrestler. I forget who it was, but it was something like, uh, yeah, I hate 90% of wrestling fans. And I, I agree. I, I do hate 90% of wrestling fans. I mean, I, I I also don't like certain wrestlers, but I would never wish injury upon them. No, ever, never. Yeah, I, I just, I don't. It's tough because it's unfortunate that people are going to say, well, he didn't even make it three months before getting injured, blah, blah, blah. But at the same time, I'm, Edge came back in yeah. 2020. And he got injured after his first match too. So people mm, do, injuries happen. You know? But Punk is, I mean, you know what? you got to remember – He's getting injured almost every time he has a match these days. His AEW career, he was injured almost every other match. And now here he had his big return and he got he injured. He went so from I will argue I would argue that it took his it was it was a title defense. It was it was it was a title win in no in May of twenty twenty three, uh when he got injured. No, excuse me, May twenty twenty two. Uh but he went from he came in July of twenty twenty one. So he went from July until May. That yeah, he did have he did have a run where he wasn't injured, but then oh, forget, once he, he put got it over, injured, well, you know, maybe something's you know things happen. He's older. Ring. He's older. You know, it's not. Even, I don't even think it's older. It's just certain certain things happen. You know, I saw somebody say uh, that the UFC his UFC career uh, made him injury prone. That's possible too. That's, I don't think that's a good. I mean, we're not. These are all people who've never taken a bump. Like, how about? I hate to be that guy, but like, Mm -hmm. you know, we weren't there. We weren't in the ring. We don't know what happened. Uh, I also don't like Brian Alvarez saying he looked gas. I thought he looked fine. Uh, Yeah, I saw that too. I thought he looked fine as well. I was, I was happy. I was happy that he had a a nice little run in the Rumble. He was kind of the biggest. Like it was a big moment for him. His return to well, did you think two years ago we would see him in a WWE ring? Enjoy what no. we got to see. Yeah, let alone at a Rumble. Let alone at a Rumble. Let alone let alone the ten year anniversary Rumble. Exactly. Yeah. Um, I think it's they poetic. did a good, the, the promo on Monday. Really, it clearly set up a Drew feud, which is great. It solidifies Drew as an asshole heel. Uh, I thought it was perfect. Um. Sammy coming in with the save, and it led to a great main event. Uh, what do you do with Drew now? Do you kind of just feed him to, to – do you feed him to Seth? 
you know, or you keep this Cody problem. I kind of like this direction of you don't know what Cody's going to do. Maybe he'll, he's going to fight in the chamber too. Maybe he wins the Rumble in the chamber and he fights for both belts. It's That'd possible. Cool. Yeah, that would be cool. All right, is Seth going to be ready? Is Seth going to get stripped? Like, we don't That's know. That's the real question. I, but part of me thinks they are they, why would they delay a strip of a title? I mean, because they think he's going to be ready. But like, you can't, like, you can guess, but you don't know for sure. I think, I feel like he would have risked it for the punk match. But at this point, with punk, now it's like, yeah. It's yeah, like, now it's like, okay, well, maybe I'll risk it for Cody, <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah, maybe he's like, you know what, fuck it, like, if we're gonna do it, let's do it. He's he's also never main-evented a WrestleMania. He is he has ended up in the main event because of the Money in the Bank cash-in. Cash-in, yeah. But he was sad. never billed as the main event. It's sad, but it is what it is. It's It comes with the business, it comes it's, with the territory. Me, Cody, Roman, Seth in a triple threat, there's something to that. I'm intrigued by That'd be cool. It it keeps the freshness of Cody Roman two also alive. Like you're getting them in a triple threat. So you're still showcasing everybody. And good. again, it's not like Seth and Roman have no history. <laughs> they clearly have the most history. A lot. It gets so that moment together too. If Cody beats Seth for the title. It'll be the fourth time that Cody beats Seth. And, I mean, is this title going to be Cody finishing the story? I don't know. Not don't if know. it's just the one. To me, the point at Roman at Rumble, you don't do that if you're not going to do it. You don't shoot that. I think there's. I think Monday's promo was designed to keep you watching to see what happens. <laughs> yeah, you're right. You're right. To string us along. They're not going to swerve you're us right. like that. They're not just going to not. You're right. I think you figure... Everyone's going to go, the Rock's going to come back, and they're going to just do that. Cody won't get it. I think, I think, I don't see why you can't include the Rock and also have Cody get his moment. There, 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 there's, there's ways around this. Yeah. And you're throwing off the scent, you know, which is smart. Yeah. Yeah. So they right. want to do. They don't want you to know how it's going to. And they definitely, definitely pulled the heartstrings of, of, of Cody and of the audience with the Seth promo. Oh, it was a great moment for the crowd. And it happened like, you know, that's usually a bathroom spot. Like it was at the top of, it wasn't even at the top of the hour. It was in the middle of the second hour. Usually these type of promos are either beginning, end, or top of the third hour. And the first hour of Raw was commercial free, I think. It was great. Yeah. Was great. That that DIY uh, uh, tag match with uh, Judgment Day was great. Yeah, 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 yeah. That was, it was really long too. Yeah, I'm really yeah, enjoying what they're doing with with wrestlers. You know, yeah, why well, look good? The Gunther Kofi match, amazing. Uh, Gunther gave a great promo. He's like, Kofi, you're coming down to the ring. Uh, but here's the thing: when when I beat you, I'm not even gonna know who you are. I'm gonna forget you. I'm just he's he's got these like just quick touches of just asshole heel. Yeah, I mean, and uh, then. Uh, I'm excited for, for SmackDown to see if we get Jade Cargill again or if we get Naomi, uh, you know, see where these people end up as well. Allegedly, you know Braun Breaker might go to SmackDown too. You That'd know, we don't, cool. we don't oh, know. Yeah, we haven't even had SmackDown yet. So the SmackDown after Rumble, that was pretty wild. It was a good weekend of wrestling. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm happy to have 
gone down to Florida. Uh, sorry, I didn't get to see you, Xavier. Uh, maybe next sorry, time. too. I hope you're doing better. Um, thank you, thank you. Next time, we'll definitely. I didn't even say what my the fourth event was. I went to the. Uh, I got a uh, uh, opportunity to see the Undertaker one man show. Oh, how was that? So that uh, it's very much a comedy slash like Q and A slash drinking extravaganza. Uh, he comes out, Kid Rock, American Badass theme. Uh, uh. He tells a couple comedic stories. Uh, guess who else was in the audience? One of the original BSK, BSK members, uh, Dennis uh, Knight, aka. Phineas Dodd. Was he wearing clothes? AKA Midian. Midian. Was he naked? Was he naked Midian? Uh, he was fully clothed, yes. Oh, okay. uh, Midian has lost his. Basically, he, he tells the story of how he lost his. He basically got this, like, he's a, he's a chef now. He's a, uh, he's not really a wrestler anymore. And, like, this, like, food process thing fell on his foot and all, all his toes fell off. So, Undertaker's like, oh. I call him Flipper. I call, well, no, he said. First, I called him mistletoe when he still had two toes left. Now I call him flipper. So he has no toes. Uh, then they do a bunch of shots of Jack Daniels, uh, which then Undertaker is like, uh, "Yeah, if you guys went to our Vegas show, me and Godfather got so messed up, uh, so I apologize in advance for the remainder of that show." Like he's very open about his drinking. Uh, the crowd was. Uh, there were like a lot of woos. There were a lot of like, yo, one more match. And he goes, yeah, it'll be with you in the parking lot. Like he, he had a good, he was very like quick on his feet with some of the crowd. You know, again, guy knows how to talk. He knows what he's doing. Uh, yeah, very comedic. Uh, uh, they did pre-approved questions uh, from a gentleman named uh, Ben, who you may know from the archives of WWE and also that, that A&E treasure show. Oh, uh, yeah, I, yeah. I mean, I can pick him up a lineup, but I... I know the archivist. I know but... the I know his voice. So I said, "Hey, man, I love you on the treasure show." I was like, "Man, you remember that?" I'm like, "Yeah." So he's he's a nice guy. Uh, nice. There was one reference to. <laughs> no one actually asked about Vince, and they did pre-approved questions. Uh, so no, but at one point, Undertaker's talking about motorcycles, uh, and he goes, uh, "And you know, you gotta you gotta put a little choke on that motorcycle. Sometimes you gotta you gotta work a motorcycle like you work a woman. You know what I mean?" And then and everybody kind of laughs, and then he goes, "I shouldn't say that right now. Always, always use consent with women. This isn't a good time for that joke." So he he kind of alluded to it in a way where I'm like, Man. "Oh wow, that's cool." Yeah, yeah. he's like, "Oh, that was- woke woke yeah. taker." Oh, he was calling. He was like, uh, he, was, "He was talking about the past, right?" So he was like, "Yeah, I was talking about my, he was talking about his house and with his first ex-wife," and he's like. Yeah, it was my first mistake. Like he was calling them mistakes, <laughs> which is wild. So then this woman behind me, some Florida, this woman with a thick Floridian accent, goes, "How many mistakes has he had?" I'm like, "I don't." Know. <laughs> so it, it's it's very cute. Uh, no, very entertaining show. Uh, apparently, one of the VIP options for for don't quote me on this, but for about six hundred fifty dollars, you get to take a shot with Undertaker. So that's that's how much the going rate is. That's for pretty cool. That is cool, though. Yeah, I don't know if I could. Uh, I wish I could have done that. Um, <laughs> somebody, well, asked, anybody out there is listening for half that price, you can take a shot with me. <laughs> you can take a shot with me for free. For, th- for three dollars, yeah. <laughs> no, honestly, follow me on Instagram, and you can take a shot. There that's you go. It. Yeah, that's it. 
Um, we'll take a shot. No, it's a very entertaining show. I encourage people to go if they can. That's uh, uh, fun. It is. It's. It's nice to see. You know, he is a very talented person. He's given his body to the business. He does reveal some cool stories of how he got started, and I think it is an entertaining attraction to have at these big four. Uh, you know, these weekends. You know, it feels like these all these pay per views now, premium live events, are becoming weekends for the family. So it's nice to have an additional event for him. And being that you know. I do stand-up comedy. It is kind of entertaining to see him in that kind of comedic, you know, presentational format. It's very, very interesting. Um, How was he dressed? The typical, like, biker taker, black, leather. Then he took mm-hmm. off his jacket at one point and had a BSK t-shirt on. Had the oh, nice. skull beanie on. Uh, there was some good pyrotechnics. Like, there was smoke. He did the Undertaker uh, eye roll pose, you know, uh, Told a really good Macho Man story that I won't spoil. Uh, he told some really good stories. Did some shots of Jack Daniels. Uh, took some questions from the crowd. Uh, a little kid asked, are you Godzilla or King Kong? He said, I'm Godzilla. <laughs> he mentioned that. That's, that's weird. Interesting. Uh, is this is this a WWE event? or is It is, right? It is through WWE, yes. Okay, okay. That's cool. Uh, you weren't allowed. Uh, there's no pictures or anything because they, they make you do the thing where you put the phone in the in – the, in the locker, uh, in the, oh, like, the kill Tony rule, the kill Tony, Dave Chappelle, <laughs> oh, John Mulaney rule. Yeah, no more phones. Yeah. I think it's a John Mulaney rule. More, I think John Mulaney started that kind of shit. Yeah, but, uh, I think they I do think that sometimes. Not. I'm for it, man. Being a former comedy club security person, I'm for it. Everybody's trying to fucking sneak in pictures. Have you, Sam, have you, had, to, have you actually had to maneuver those things at all, or you just, you've seen them? Yeah, no, it's my job to, like, so when the headliner, well, I don't really usually worry about it with other comics, but, like, when it's a when it's a famous headliner, I usually have to walk the, uh, the upstairs balcony and make sure that nobody's trying to film. There's been so many times where people are filming, or, oh, like, man. on FaceTime. I'm like, excuse me, you off the phone, dude. Um, you throw anybody no, out and give them like a warning or is it instant throw out? I just usually say ask them to stop and they usually do. Yeah. There's been a couple of times where like I've had to ask them a couple of times and to where like I told the manager they're, they're with the club I worked at, they're very lenient because they don't want to cause a scene for other people. So if they can avoid kicking somebody out, they're going to. Um, but there was, I remember specifically there was one person that I had to tell several times to stop to where they said, just stand behind the person for the rest of the show. You know, it was that bad. Mm-hmm. Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. I do a joke where, uh, uh, and it's a true story where a lady had her phone out and I told her no pictures. And she's like, I'm not taking pictures. I'm like, okay, no, no videos. And she's like, oh, I was on a video. I'm live. I'm like, oh, okay. That's better. <laughs> I'm live. Like, so she's just live streaming the whole thing. She's live streaming the show on Facebook, you know? That's kind of worse. <laughs> yeah, it's a lot worse. But yeah, so it's it's a problem for comedy clubs, you know, because everybody wants to. Nobody wants to be in the moment. Everybody wants to record it, take pictures, put clips out there, and you know, well, I think the reason they're that. not like I was, I would have just taken a picture of the stage, but they, I think they want to. No, you want a picture, you got to, you know, pay for the VIP package. Yeah, I mean, you can take you can take as many pictures as you want before the show starts. That's fine. No, but that's the thing with this show. They had you put in the pouch, so there is no access to it. Yeah, right. Exactly. That's, that's, I, I and they made us put it in the pouch from outside, like before we even got into the venue. Oh, you want to hear an interesting topic? Uh, I saw this thing on Twitter where, where a promotion, a wrestling promotion said, 
uh, you know, comedy is doing a new thing where they're making their fans put their phones away uh, the, for the duration of the show and they get them back afterwards. Uh, I think this should be imp- implemented in wrestling. And so many wrestlers were like, no, even Chelsea Green said, the fans taking videos of me is how I got my exposure in the first place. Like I would never work for a wrestling company that wouldn't let fans have their phones. And like so many people were like saying that. It is a very interactive part of the show, getting to know your wrestlers, take a picture with them. You know, you sit, you know, I've been to a few WWE events now, like those people that are sitting in those priority seats. Part of the fun is the superstar comes by. You get to get a selfie with them. Like Cody both nights was taking selfies with everybody. Sami Zayn closed out the show after Raw. Uh, He gave a little speech about Tampa and FCW. It was actually a very good speech to send the folks home happy. And then he spent the rest of the time, you know, taking pictures, selfies with the crowd. To me, the phone is part of the fun, you know. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, Xavier, let me ask you a question. How do you feel about that as a musician musician. of people filming uh, maybe a song or two and putting it on their Instagram or something or Facebook Live or some shit like that? So in the music world, I think it's okay. There are uh, artists like Tool and Danzig who will take your phone, but almost similar to the Chelsea Green thing, like when Leveled plays a show, we'll get, you know, 30, 40 tags of, you know, people filming us playing, and then we share all those. So, like, for a band... You know, I guess it depends on your level, right? But for me, yeah, personally, right. in my world, I'm all for it. You know, right? Because if you're corn, you don't give a shit, whatever. But for leveled, you're like, yeah, friends of friends, That's hell yeah, level. Yeah, you know, take some pictures, tag friends me. of friends. Yeah, friends of friends will see us. Yeah, it does, I'll that's exposure. Get, I'm all show you get new followers probably each performance. You get new yeah, followers. Well, and it's one by one by one. You know, it's the same thing with yeah. Maybe, like it's you know you're you're playing for people and. You establish yeah. the relationship, so I'm all for it. You know, film it, take yeah. your pictures, tags. I'm all for it. That makes sense. Absolutely. Yeah. I think it depends on the level you're at. I think it also depends what you're trying to do. It, mm-hmm. you know, taking video of a whole. It's kind of hard. No one's filming a whole raw and putting it up online. You know what I mean? Yeah. Right. Like, <laughs> you might do half a match yeah. or whatever. You know, but like to me, it's just about like you want to capture those moments. You know. Yeah. And the gifts, yeah. like think about all the gifts, like all the cool gifts on Twitter. Like that's all people feel right. Like, and like, so many wrestlers who will do like a backflip or something, right? And then you're like, oh man, I got to see more of this person. Exactly. And oh, imagine if you didn't have your phone. I wish I could have filmed that. You know, the first time right. I saw Mustafa Ali, he did the uh, inverted. He used to do the inverted 450, and I got to film that. You know what I mean? And so. I would have been yeah, upset if I didn't. It probably helps you remember them too. You know, create yeah. something that, that too. I can I can go back in my phone, you know, four or five years ago and be like, oh yeah, here's right. Here's but then, and if you post it, then other people will go, oh, this guy's actually pretty cool. Let me go check him out. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's different with comedy though. I feel like with comedy, it's like we're the only ones that are so sensitive. Don't film our shit. It's different. No, it, it's it's different. Know, it's, no, it is because world. It's we have a routine. World. You know, it depends on what we're trying to do. Yeah. I really don't want, especially at like lower level shows where I'm working on stuff. Yeah. I really don't. Yeah. Things. If a joke's new. Yeah. I'm I'm like, Hey, can we not, it's certainly happening. Not, I'm not like, you know, Bill Burr dropping in somewhere and I don't want my stuff recorded. It's at a different level, but 
yeah, I do think unfinished jokes, that's where the sensitivity comes in. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, anyways. So that's fun. It was a good it was a good uh it was a good wrestling weekend all around. All around good weekend, good shows. I think this is a great time to be a wrestling fan. Uh I encourage everybody just again, doesn't matter what you know, company you like, try to enjoy as much as you can. You know, there's so much out there. So much. There's so Absolutely. much division in the world. Can it not be in the wrestling world? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And and I feel like we're at a place where there's potential to be world peace in wrestling in a way, you know, awesome. WWE's going to get this friendship with TNA. Yeah. Who knows what else is going to happen. And, and, and then earlier tonight, I don't know if you guys watched dynamite, but CMLL invaded. So they're working with them and TNA is working with AAA and, and new Japan's here and there. And it's, it's all fun and it's all love and everybody's working together. I love it. Yeah. It, it, it's a good time to be a fan. It's a good time to be a wrestler. So yeah. Where is it? Absolutely. You guys have anything? Uh, any coming? Anything coming up you want to talk about? Uh, yeah, I was just in Florida, but I got some more tour dates coming. Uh, I will be in Philadelphia for WrestleMania, so I have some comedy shows coming up there. Just follow me at Prathee Comedy, P R A T T E E Comedy, Prathee dot com. All my dates are on there. Uh, Linktree has this podcast. Support this podcast. Support Sam and Xavier. Yeah, I don't have anything uh, coming down the pike, but of course I do have that link tree too. You can find me on Instagram at Lord Xavier. Find me on Twitter at Xavier Venom. And yeah, have fun. Listen to some music, this podcast, and check out all the good things. Hell yeah, you can find me uh, across the board at Funky Sam Medina. Uh, we have this podcast, and then there's a whole bunch of other ones that are awesome uh, where we like we interview a bunch of different people. I, I've got so many wrestling podcasts. It's great. So go check those out. And support this podcast, support these guys. And uh, yeah, yeah. Thanks for uh, thanks for listening and thanks for you guys for being here. Thank you.